Today's episode started with some hardware trouble on Stephen and Jace's microphones. However, it was fixed after a few minutes, so if you hang on a little bit, it gets much better. Welcome to the Bayesian Conspiracy. I'm Eniash Brodsky. I'm Steven Zuber. I'm Jay Sticky. And today we are just having a live episode with all of y'all. I look like I'm wearing those wigs, the revolutionary era. <laughs> but brown, black instead of white. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I'm trying to go for the, uh, I don't even know what to do with my hair. It hasn't been cut in so long. I would like to have it long though. Maybe get it styled in some way, but I don't know. Okay, can you just like walk in and ask someone in a great clips to do your hair or do you like got to pay more money for decent hair? Uh, what is it? Cosmetology students? I guess specifically haircutting. I don't know if there's a fancy name for that, but they will generally like give you really cool haircuts at discounted prices to get pieces for their portfolio. Okay. But then you're also trusting yourself to someone who's a student. Oh. <laughs> so well, there's the trade-off. That's all right. Students need to learn things too. I fixed it. Okay, cool. So yeah, I shouldn't have turned that thing off well, earlier. But noise suppression sounds like a good idea, but apparently it, it suppresses all microphones other than the, <laughs> the first one on the list. <laughs> cool. Thank you for uh, letting us know that Jason Steven got super quiet right there. Yeah, I gotta lean closer to the mic. Yes. No, it was. I think we had noise suppression on, and it made both of us quiet. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It muted your mics, I guess, and you were just coming through on mine. Steven lean, needs to lean in. What? Yeah, well, here, hold on. I can <laughs> jack up Stephen's yeah. volume. Stephen's mic is practically up his nose. <laughs> we, we used to do big like work meetings at my last job where there'd be like 100 people in the room. And so in order, if you wanted to be heard, you'd pass around a microphone. <laughs> with the general rule of thumb is you wanted it close enough to lick like an ice cream cone. Yeah. And we'd just shout like, more ice cream if we couldn't hear a person. Oh, cool. So I'm always close enough to lick the microphone. Yes. It's not, not a bad rule of thumb to have. It also helps uh, the microphones. The closer you are, the more bass they pick up. So if you want to have sounding like you have a deep, sexy voice, you get in real close. <laughs> I'm assuming that's what they did for Amazing Man. Just just deep throat that microphone. Aw, thanks, great, Nick. <laughs> what's on them? I mean, what's on them? I think on the mic. Or I mean, not the mic, the mug. Oh, yeah, yeah. The mug says True Buckaroo on it. Okay, so um, yes, we are here mainly just to chat with you guys, because last time we had one of these live episodes, it was a lot of fun. We don't necessarily have a topic lined up, but we do have a Charlie in reserve in case not a lot of people want to talk to us. Johnny's offering to talk about the Amazing Man recording. Sure. Does anyone have questions about the Amazing Man recording? Okay. I, I want to know... It's uh, the Amazing Man 2. Do I need to read the Amazing Man 1 first? You do not. They are... I mean, no. No, you don't. It was trying to do something totally different. The only thing you find out is... It's, they're both really good, though. Yeah, it's fun, yeah. Of course. I didn't hear about The Amazing Man. I'm still really quiet. <laughs> huh. Oh, because you were on the red mic? Oh. Oh. You cranked so up. I, I was cranking myself up. Oh. Is Steven better now? How's that? Okay, excellent. Thank you. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the, I, was, I was kind of peeved about the whole Sad Puppies thing when they first did their uh, Try to Take Over the Hugo Awards, and I just jotted off amazing man one in the course of a couple hours because uh, that is how i felt about them that they were these people that were like oh, i'm completely powerless and nobody likes me and uh and then they did it again the next year but this time they uh they nominated chuck tingle's work space raptor butt invasion and i read it and i was like this is 
this is actually really good. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous gay erotica, but it has this whole like, you know, gay discovering yourself story to it. And so I read some more of his works and every single one of his works are basically identical. Some ridiculous thing is really hot and some dude finds out that he's gay and falls in love with it and they have amazing sex and it's 8,000 words or less. And this is a dinosaur one for... That one was the dinosaur one that they, yeah, that they um, dominated. And so just to have fun with it, I did the same thing with Amazing Man 2, but did it in the style of Chuck Tingle. And I ended up having way too much fun writing it. And I don't think there's such things too much fun. That sounds great. Yeah. And then Johnny and Gray and uh, Hobo Demon had way too much fun recording it. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Amazing Man was made up, but I also made him up for, you know, the first one that was not Neurotica. No one needs to read any of them, really. <laughs> <laughs> but they were a lot of fun anyways if anyone did have a question about the recording it sounds like johnny is willing to answer them did either of you guys have questions about the recordings having not heard it yet no oh yeah of course not yeah well now i'm curious if, if it's if it's gay erotica was there uh uh pleasure noises that someone had to do into the microphone yeah you know what let's unmute johnny all right find him over there give him the johnny can you speak as of now yes hi fantastic it's it's me johnny you may know me from such works as the uncultured swine podcast getting to plug in early so as to not distract from later moments but yes um i very much enjoyed uh recording this wonderful work that you made um and to answer that question yes i did have to do that also doug did um my work was fine. His work, frankly, incredible. I don't know how he made such good dinosaur sex sounds, but uh, they were they were really something to behold. I do take some credit for shamelessly stealing all of Jurassic Park dinosaur sounds with which to augment his sounds, but uh, that you know that came in in the editing process. The voice was all him. The editing was quite amazing too. <laughs> Well, well I guess thank I'm, you. I'm looking on the drive home, that sounds hilarious. <laughs> Gray Famous. is also to be blamed for the editing. Um, he did most of the stuff of making our words um, not be interrupted by all the ums, as mine are currently being, because this is live. Uh, however, uh, I I was the one to inject dinosaur sounds and things, and also re-record all my lines because I tell you what, Inyash, in hmm. in writing those lines may be easy to get out. In speaking, they are not easy to get out, as I as I mentioned in the recording. Well, there's nothing easy to get out when it comes to a tingler. <laughs> You're just giggling to yourself the whole time, or like, well, actually, I remember um that was when like we were just like email buddies. I still lived in New Jersey, and Idiash sent me like the like beta read. It was like, should I should I do this? Is this okay? <laughs> it's like you gotta do it. Yep. Like, for for an additional like, sound plug, I remember you telling story. us that story when you were. Uh, that was perfect. <laughs> no, no comments. I remember you telling us exactly that story when we were recording the Eye of Argon thing, which is why we actually. Oh yeah. Went and you told us we should do this when we were recording Eye of Argon. Jace is responsible for many bad decisions. <laughs> yes, and this is not any of them. <laughs> The great Nick asks, what was your favorite part or line uh, doing the recording? Uh, so my favorite part, like the thing that was like funniest, 
I mean, I, I hate to say it's something that I said, but it's probably the thing that I included as an after the credits stinger. It didn't happen after the credits, but just at one point, uh, Doug was struggling with a line. He says, like, I'm I'm having I'm kind of having a hard time saying this. And I said, uh, yeah, these lines are really hard to get out with a straight face. It would be easier if I had a gay one. But, you know, I, I make it do with what I have. Uh, and that was probably the, the 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 most amusing thing. We all cracked up uh, right. when I said that. However, uh, best line, best line that you wrote was definitely the first time, and you, you use it two times, um, that you say, stuffing all the dinosaur Italy could take down its throat. The first time <laughs> you say that, it's in a non-sexual connotation, but it's a ridiculously sexual line, and Gray just died when he tried to say that seriously, because his thing was for, like, the way he was doing this was he was doing it very flat affect. Um, you know, like he was, a, I believe he, the way he described it was he was trying to do the narration as if he was a 1940s noir detective. Um, right. Uh, and he really struggled to to say that one uh, and died for approximately 30 seconds. Um, uh, but then he was fine. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's a thing you don't ever really think about while writing is how hard would these lines be to say out loud? Because, I don't know, it, it was never really a consideration for anyone who's not a screenwriter. And nowadays, almost everything goes in audio. So maybe people will start thinking about that more. But I kind of like the fact that they don't because you can do a lot of things in text if you don't have to worry how it's going to sound. I was just yeah. watching Shark. Uh, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I was just going to agree and say that, uh, you know, if we were proper voice actors, I imagine we would not have a hard time. It was just a hard thing to do because these were <laughs> lines where you're saying very like uh, sexual or overblown things, which are hard to do if you were not actually in that situation or indeed an actor, which voice actors are. Yeah. I, uh, man, I, there was an official Chuck Tingle podcast for a while and I, I tried listening to a couple episodes and I just didn't like it because the people they got to read it did it in one take and were laughing all the way through. And that's great and all, I guess, if it's you're doing it with you're friends. Like part of it, like, yeah. if you're trying to listen to it, yeah. I, I really appreciated that you guys like just did it, you know, straight as much as you could, you know? Yes. As straight as that work can possibly be made. <laughs> right. <reuse> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have not listened to my dad wrote a porno, but I've had it recommended to me a few times now. I should. I'm the Chuck Tingle podcast, by the way, is I, I believe it's uh, pounded in the butt my, by my own podcast because that is the naming <laughs> convention. Yes. What were you going to say, Stephen? Oh, uh, an anecdote about like hard to read phrases. So I was watching Shark Tank this morning and some guys brought on some like whatever truffle spice what it? and it's like truffle expensive. Spice. And then Damon, one of the sharks was like putting it in his pocket because it was expensive and he was being funny. Oh, okay. And uh, Rachel had said, like, oh, he's, he tried, like, when he pocketed it, and that's a hard, he pocketed it, it is hard to say. Yeah. And Stephen, uh, shoot, Stephen Fry mm -hmm. did the, the audiobook for the Harry Potter books. Mm -hmm. And I think he said something derisive about the quality of the books or something to J.K. Rowling. <laughs> and then at, the, at, at another time said that uh, it was really hard to say Harry pocketed it. Mm. And I think he said that, like, in the, I think that line was first in the third book, and she made sure to include it in every subsequent book. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's delightful. Pettiness going on there. Yeah. That's my kind of petty. Yep. The, uh, yeah. Um, but yes, that that was awesome. And did you have anything you wanted to ask us? As long as you're on here. 
Oh, gosh, I, I wouldn't have any clever questions. I didn't prepare any. So I will leave that to more adequately prepared question askers. Cool. If anyone <laughs> has any questions they would like to ask, you can type them in the chat or you can, you know, say, hey, I'd like to uh, talk with you guys and, you know, let us know. We will unmute you. I will, I will remute myself until such time as the world needs me again. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Excellent. Uh, great, Nick. Yeah, recordings about anything. You can ask any of us whatever. It's kind of an AMA sort of situation now. Yeah, it doesn't have to be questions either. You can just like get on and say how much you hate my contribution to the show. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, I, or I don't know, like plug something. Uh... Great. Nick wants to know why the heck we haven't had more Marvel plugs yet. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier is going great. Episode five of six came out on Friday and it was fantastic. It's going in a really fun direction. Great Nick didn't actually say that, but someone said that earlier. So yeah, yeah. Or maybe it was Great Nick. I don't know. Wes wow. says, "Ah, uh, I have family stuff today, so I can't listen in." All right, Wes, no problem. Have a good family thing. Bye, Take care, Wes. dude. We missed you on the uh, Bye, the Wes. um the mind killer. I missed listening to you anyway. But they made sure to just whatever try and do as many bad lawyer things as possible while you weren't around to do it correctly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I really want to know what Wes has to say about that, and I guess I'll find out next week. I guess we all will. Stay tuned. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's get Great Nick on here then. Uh, right. Like oh, yeah. four people. Oh, no, no, down. One oh, more. the Great Nick. There it yeah. is. Yeah. So Johnny is saying the one thing you cannot do is say that you are giving legal advice, uh, which we did. But <laughs> <laughs> we literally said this is legal advice. But like, if we're not lawyers, then it doesn't count, right? Especially if you can tell it's a joke. I'm pretty sure... I can't imagine that there's a law against giving bad medical advice. So, I mean, if there's, I can't imagine that there'd be a, another law about making, giving people bad legal advice. <laughs> it was a bit, your honor, <laughs> according to Matt. I, I feel like that's a get out of jail free card, right? It's worked for higher profile people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're trying hey. to argue it right now for what's her lane name. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi, Nick. How you doing? Oh my God. Very good. All the better for speaking with all of you. Uh, I was... There was that court case uh, a while ago about the, I think, the Trump uh, voting fraud. Uh, and somebody said, no reasonable person would take what I said about the Trump voter fraud as, as legitimate. I wanted yes. that's like a legitimate complaint as well. And Alex Jones was pretending like his his Internet celebrity was a persona. So when, you know, he was advocating that his uh, gigantic fan base, you know, harassed the parents of the kids who were killed in those school shootings. Oh, that wasn't me. That was the character I play on the radio show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The lady is extra interesting because she isn't even pretending that it was a character. She's, She's just, just saying, saying like, I'm stupid. Yeah, yeah, no reasonable person could possibly think I'm serious. <laughs> but yeah, I'm kind of actually kind of curious about that. We'll have to ask Wes, I guess, next week since he's gone now. If you say, you know, I'm giving legal advice, but you're not a lawyer. Is that actionable? Illegal? I don't think it's illegal. I feel like it couldn't possibly be, but... Anytime you tell someone you should sue that guy, you're giving them legal advice, right? Or is there a more rigorous definition of legal advice? Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Nick, you have an English accent. Are you over on the other side of the world? I, I am uh, in in the UK. God save the Queen, etc. <laughs> How's uh? How, what time is it over there right now? Uh, it's twenty past seven in the evening. Okay, that's not uh, too it's bad. Not that late. I was very pleased when I when I saw what time this live show is going to be because I could actually call in. Perfect. Do you um? Do you have feelings about the passing of Prince? Was it Philip? Yeah. Is that like a thing that? <laughs> <laughs> is that a thing that like in general um uk people are distraught about or is it more like over here there's some celebrities that many people just don't care about 
So uh, when I heard about it, I'd like literally sat down for my lunch uh, on my lunch break in the staff room. And I said, oh, my God, Prince Philip is dead. And then about two minutes later, like, I didn't care. I kind, okay. of didn't, I kind of already didn't care. It was more like a case of like, oh, this is like a big thing that like people are going to be hearing about. Um, and uh, the the uh, TV coverage was absolutely wall to wall. We had BBC One and BBC Two, which both channels everybody can get. And they were both showing exactly the same footage of like the live news from you know, the hospital or, or the royal family or whatever. And it actually turned out to be the most complained about uh, programme in British history, the coverage oh, wow. of, because it, like, most of the most of the complaints were just, it was too much, there was too much coverage. You couldn't get away yeah. from it. Some, some of the complaints were saying that the BBC news readers weren't sombre enough. Uh, <laughs> and then some of the complaints were people saying it was too easy to complain. Oh, okay. This is a great story. Yeah, there's... <laughs> The kind of a parallel thing over here when a former president dies, it's like wall to wall coverage. They'll do like a funeral procession across some dozens or hundreds of miles of highway. And, you could, you know, there's always like aerial shots. I remember when Reagan died, hmm. it was just on TV for days. Okay. It's like by the time they die, like they've been out of the out of the spotlight. Yeah. For so like, many years. You're like, wait, yeah. who? That yeah. was a president. <laughs> I think I think Reagan was an exception, though, because he's almost like a saint for the Republicans. And he was like a otherwise a celebrity, I guess. So, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, but I, I mean, I remember hearing when. Uh, um, I mean, I think every president that's died in my lifetime, every former president rather, I think I've heard about it when it happened. Mm-hmm. There was a John Oliver was on Seth Meyers' show sometime this week. If you Google it uh, on YouTube, and uh, Seth asks John, who's a dual citizen between U.S. and and U.K., um, like how do you, how did you feel about it? And his answer was too funny to summarize. Mm-hmm. Plus, it, without a British accent, it would just sound like I I, I couldn't do it justice. <laughs> oh, blimey, Gov! I'll give it a go. <laughs> I want to. No what he actually said. on tea. <laughs> Sorry, say that again. I'm trying to think of other like stereotypes of British people to ask questions about. It's like, what? How do you feel about tea? How do you take your tea? Uh, correctly. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, you have to boil a kettle. None of this microwave bullshit. Um, boil a kettle. Pour it as soon as it's boiling onto a tea bag. Leave it for about three minutes. Take the tea bag out because the tea bag and the milk can never meet. They can never. Oh. Uh, and then and then you put in however much milk you like, uh, and then sugar to taste. That's a classic t- cup of tea. Go ahead. Why three minutes? Because I know some people who just leave the tea bag in until Ew. they're done with the tea. All the tannins. Will yeah, go I I think those people didn't really like grow up with tea because after after sort of three minutes and one second, uh, the flavour starts to get quite bitter. Um, mm. To the point of just like if you if you leave a cup of tea uh, brewing for five minutes and you come back to it, it's just worth throwing it away because the taste is is not very enjoyable. It's very bitter. Huh. Okay. I've just in the last couple of years started making my tea properly. Ordinarily, I'd leave it in the whole time to maximize the amount of caffeine I could get out of it. And now I think I it t- doesn't work that way. Well, I figured like if I get ninety percent of the caffeine out in the first three minutes, I might get the other ten percent if I leave it in for the rest of the time I'm drinking it. But so you're just maximizing for yeah caffeine content, not, could just, not taste. Then I realized that like I'm talking the difference between like 62 and 65 milligrams of caffeine, and it's not really worth the the subtraction and taste I'm getting. So oh my god, Matt leaves the tea bag in cold water and sips it all afternoon, microwaving it occasionally. <laughs> I, I do the I'm same thing I, like Sorry. during work week, Matt. Don't sweat it. <laughs> I'll, I'll make it, then I'll bring it upstairs, get distracted, and then by the time I remember I've got tea, it's already cold, and I've forgotten to take the bag out. So Wizard says milk and tea is treason. I remember reading somewhere someone commented, "Look, if you want sugar and milk." 
just drink sugar and milk and don't ruin good tea in the process. <laughs> <laughs> really depends on the tea. Yes. Yeah, I, 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 I buy the flavored milk stuff. And green tea. What the hell? I do like a chai or like peach, apricot, something, something that's not too sweet. Uh, usually black tea, something with flavor. If I was taking my plain tea with, uh, I have had like British proper British style tea once. Oh I think, yeah, they are uh, plain. Matt's talking about the whiskey tea. Ooh. Uh, I was. I know Autumn had some of that. That was actually like imported from the UK. There was it was black tea flavored with whiskey or bourbon. It was really good. Oh, so it's like their version of like a shoot. What do you call those? A four loco, the caffeinated uh... alcoholic <laughs> beverage. <laughs> No, I think it was just like it was tea that was flavored like whiskey. It didn't have any alcohol. Content. Oh, see, I thought this it said whiskey flavored tea. <laughs> oh no, tea black tea flavored flavored whiskey. like whiskey. Oh, look at this. Hmm. Black tea flavored whiskey. Yeah, it's the good stuff. Also, pocha. Also, I'm the one on control of all the reacts. I'm trying to, to I, hit all the things. It's really <laughs> enjoyable just watching Stephen frantically emoji everything. Yeah. Thank you for that, Stephen. I could not do that. I would be too distracted. I, I would say a good. 20% of all my work communication is in emojis and GIFs. <laughs> I, I think I am much less good at multitasking than almost everybody else. I've noticed this especially now that no, I'm I like... I think everybody's bad at it, like scientifically. <laughs> I, I must be extra bad at it, though, because I notice sometimes in... Uh, in Well, because I play World of Warcraft now, and as a guild leader, I sometimes have to pull it, pay attention to multiple things. And like my other officers and even some players, they're like chatting here and running around there and killing things, and also an officer chat discussing, you know, like who is doing what and who we got to kick out. And I'm like, I can barely focus on one chat at a time. How is it that you're running around murdering things at the same time? Like, I would be useless. <laughs> yeah, I don't have it in me. Ch chatting and murdering at the same time. <laughs> you know, it's like they're psychopaths. Oh, oh, COVID times are so close to being over. <laughs> yeah, I got my shot. Cool. Finally. Yeah, I got mine on Wednesday. I had to drive. Actually, it was decent. It was only like an hour there and back so or an hour each way but i actually drove on wednesday the day after the scout mindset came out wasn't that the whole the whole drive and matt wanted to talk about that so i'm kind of curious yes what his thoughts are hey. matt are you willing to unmute so we can talk about scout mindset for a little bit sure i don't necessarily have a well-developed thesis here I, I was surprised at how many little tidbits of it though i didn't just already know um don't ask me to say what i'm talking about because i don't remember now uh, i was actually what what is the what mindset what, what are we oh so, the scout mindset Do you know julie galef uh yeah julie galef came out with a new book that just came out last week right tuesday tuesday yeah yeah oh hey. i did not hear about this yes called the scout mindset cool i'll have to pick up a copy my favorite I part i think oh, my favorite part is when she uh uses uses people who have wronged her as examples of irrationality <laughs> uh, repeatedly in, nice. a, in a self-aware way though yeah for the most part yeah for the most part <laughs> my i'm only i don't know over 50 percent through but like my my i actually saw uh might have been an email from like her Substack or something something hit my inbox where it was like julia galef brings rationality to the mainstream or something with this book and i'm like that's kind of generous because this book i can't imagine being read by anybody who's not already in this in the sphere which is a drag because it's it's well written and fun but like i think she crosses over a bit to the like at least like atheist skeptic crowd too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she which isn't making it that much broader. There's a lot of overlap already. She was at the uh, the James Randi conferences I went to like ten years ago. But uh, ooh, quick like, question for the group. Well, go ahead. I was gonna say like I don't I don't feel like the book is hitting like I I I don't know how you could do it. 
but I, I don't feel like it's written for people who aren't us. <laughs> Do you, so who has brought rationality to the masses, if anyone has any sort of things? Maybe. Uh, Harry Potter, the mess of rationality. Yeah. That would be my guess too, yeah. But uh, but I mean, Julia Gaylord's doing Harry Potter fan fiction. Not that many of the masses read it, right? Julia Gaylord did a good job with that though, too. I mean, so like rationality or rationally speaking is more just like one of those fun interview shows with you know random people, right? If you want Neil deGrasse Tyson on to talk about random spaceship with, or um, you know, I'm trying to think of just like some of the earlier episodes. You know, Zachary Wienersmith was on a couple times of SMBC Comics. Oh yeah, um, Zachary Wienersmith probably. Yeah. Go ahead. There's 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 people like you know sam harris who have clearly read the sequences but never refer to what they're talking about as rationality and never refer to Yudkowsky or, or so forth yeah. um oh, like, uh, Smith is totally a rationalist. he's you can tell he's read a lot of it and he even seems to stay like somewhat current he, he even made a joke about like one of the i don't know in the last two months there's one on bayesian induction or bayesian reasoning and he's like is this where i finally like start getting hate mail um, <laughs> I think I can't remember if he mentioned less wrong or if the person on the Reddit thread mentioned less wrong, but uh, he's definitely in the loop on it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if the amazing Randy or Carl Sagan were rationalists in like the sense of this community, though, but like definitely. Well, Sagan died before the community effort was founded. Yeah. I think they're great gateway drugs for it, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, like <laughs> I said, Randy is, you know, host the, or he hosted the same kind of conferences that Julia Gaylord went to, who, you know, is another stepping stone into all this stuff. So. Um, and of course, you know, Sagan founded half the skeptic organizations in the country. So mm -hmm. Zila makes an interesting point that wait, but why also definitely sounds like a rationalist, but conspicuously avoids ever mentioning that. I think this is, I think that's common. Yeah, that is common. It's funny. Like the thing you can't name. Yeah. Uh, is it because of yeah. the, I don't know. You got, yes. Well, this is something that we talk about in the guild in context of the guild of servants, uh, renaming pending. Um, yeah. is the idea that, that we don't necessarily want the branding to be tied to the quote-unquote rationality community, even though that's obviously where we're all coming from and, and where we're all based <laughs> in. Um, and so I think, I think people like Wait But Why, for example, they just want their own brand. They don't want, they don't want a pointer pointing away from their brand. They want you to come to their website and stay on their website, right? Uh, uh, I think that's okay. a big part of it. Yeah. yeah, that works. That didn't even occur to me for some reason. I'm not very smart about branding. Well, my no, brand we just went right to there's like something negative about the rationality brand. Like I know that uh, I saw before I even like joined the rationalist community uh, in the atheist skeptic community, like people in forums saying like, oh man, that Yukowski guy is like just nuts. <laughs> like, well, from uh, the outside, he looks weird, a little nuts. There's creepy AI people and the transhumanists. Yeah, they're just... Right. Then, then the AI will never be an issue we have to worry about. Uh -huh. <laughs> Don't plug it. Right? Yeah, exactly. Shoot it with a shotgun. Or... Right. <laughs> so you took that back. Sorry, so you're twenty percent in, Matt. Yeah, twenty percent in. Um, and then I was like, man, there's so many people I know who I should buy this for. And then I was immediately like, oh no, they would take that as a horrible insult. Yeah. Well, also, I find generally buying books for people doesn't do any good because you're buying them a chore, basically. Huh. And nobody wants to get a chore as a present. Uh, I've I've had like some books given to me. Like recently, I had um Will Will um um Will McCarthy, who you know is a friend, an author. He came by, he dropped off his latest book, and I was like, cool, thank you. And like, I appreciate what he's doing, and I definitely plan to read it at some time because I like him and I like his books. But just like. With all the other stuff I got going and the book club I'm in and now doing the Worth the Candle podcast, I'm like, it could be a while before I get to this, man. I'm really sorry. I'm probably not going to be able to help you out with the timely review. 
mm-hmm. with what you said about um, a chore as a present, uh, you can reverse that and actually use it. So for the right person, you could say my present to you this Christmas or whatever is I will read any book you give me. Huh? Oh, well, oh, that's kind of like cool. That. Yeah. I've See, just been at like asking, please don't give me a present. Yeah. If it's someone that you know well enough, you could say like, as my present, I will come to your house and read this to you as you're falling asleep until you fall asleep <laughs> and then leave quietly. I don't know. That might be a little too creepy. I would love that. <laughs> you could just play the audiobook. You no. Know, Julie Galef has a nice, relaxing voice. Yeah, but that's not the same. That's not like the. You want your, pers- your presence to be personal, right? I suppose. Yeah. yeah. We've been looking for uh, rewards for patrons. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come to their house and read to them as they fall asleep. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, okay, my, my patron uh, reward is I want Enius to read Harry Potter and the Method of Rationality to me as I sleep. Oh, good. That's already done. Nice. Oh, Kai, Koi says everyone sounds drunk and drowsy at 1x speed. I believe we got that same <laughs> comment last time. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, we that's, that's because I'm drunk and drowsy. Fast, which, but I know, I don't know. I, I, I listen to a lot of things sped up too, so. Yeah, for someone used to listening at 2x or faster, it's got to be really disorienting. My My current, like, speaking rate is the is the result of years of conscious effort i grew up speaking very fast and so uh you know it, it's interesting I'm, am i the only person who listens to podcasts at 1x because i feel like that's how they're meant to be consumed uh depends on the like i, I feel like uh fictional stuff i listen to at normal speed or things with really great narrators but if i'm just trying to get information in my brain then i speed things up <laughs> i think half my reason for listening to podcasts is to find have something to listen to High Priest is zealous that someone's going to use uh, read me a book for nefarious purposes, like making someone here read Mein Kampf or My Immortal. Honestly, I would be fine reading either of those because obviously Mein Kampf has historical significance, so it's not racist. And My Immortal also has historical Arguably, significance, yes. so, <laughs> so it's just awesome. But yeah, no, I, I always listen to them. Generally, my default podcast listening speed is 1.25. Uh, which sometimes if podcasts have music in them, uh, and I know they have music in them, I won't do that or I'll slow it down for the music part because like, I think of the tempo of music as a drastically integral part of it. Um, so that'll fuck it up. But uh, in general, 1.25 with uh, audiobooks, like fiction, if I am like reading it for a book club and I don't like it, I can tell how much I don't like a book by how much I'm speeding it up. <laughs> Once it's like at 1.7 speed, I'm like, I should probably just not read the rest of it because it's not any good. But I do remember uh, Gideon the Ninth. I slowed that down to one X speed, and I kind of wanted to slow oh. down even less because God, her voice is beautiful. Yeah, the voice acting in that, oh, just the accent, honestly. The accent, and you're right, and the voice acting too. Yeah, the character voices. Magnus. I listened to a podcast episode where a friend was sort of showing off some guitar technique. So he was saying like vibrato and things like that, and. I, at the end of it, I just texted me like, oh my god, you're such an incredible guitar player. You're playing all these th- songs so quickly and da da da. Uh, and then I realized it was because I was listening to it at 1.5 times speed that mm. he, he is a good guitar player, but also it was that 50% yeah. faster than a normal human could actually play it. I recently saw someone, uh, I believe it was on a Chinese talent show, sing the aria from um, The Fifth Element. Uh, there's oh, this, yeah. yeah, there's this one scene where an opera s- singer sings something that came from a uh, 14th century, I think, Italian opera, and then they add a new, you know, kind of, I don't know, sort of techno-ish uh, thing after it, and it was done, you know, using audio editing software because the whole point was this is something a human cannot sing physically, right? It is an a- only an alien uh, voice could do this, and it's really fucking beautiful. 
But then like I saw this Chinese lady very recently, I think just last year, sing it live. And it wasn't like 100% perfect, but it was so fucking close. I was like, oh my God, the Chinese have genetically engineered perfect singing people. <laughs> That's fun. Then you think of like an old George Carlin joke where like if it would have been funny if like an, uh, you know, Bach or or Beethoven had composed a piece of music that was physically impossible to play and like tucked it at the bottom of a trunk so it would be discovered decades after they died. Mm. And then they find it and it's impossible to to Chinese engineered cat girl singers. Nice. Oh, man. Oh, wizard just said the same thing. Yeah, that scene was supposed to be impossible to sing. Oh, speaking of the chat, can I'm going to just say Matt just to avoid bystander effect. <laughs> can, you, can, can you tag uh, why we cur? I remember they wanted they mentioned in the another chat like, oh, I'd like to be a part of this, but I don't see them in the thing. Oh, I can do it. Sure. Oh, yeah. I don't have access to the keyboard, by the way. Otherwise, I do it myself. Uh, Enya said he would do it. So live. I like the fact that apparently she calls out. Uh, it's going back to Scott Mindset. Sorry. Apparently, she calls out people that she doesn't like using them as examples. Didn't um. Oh, who was it? Was it Milton? Uh, that wrote the the tour of hell book and uh he put everyone he didn't like in various circles of hell oh no dante dante thank you that's right dante yeah. oh dante's yeah. inferno is yeah great. yeah yeah milton such wrote paradise lost that's a different one such a bizarre book there was another like interesting like what i would have considered somebody would have pointed out for julia in the book that like she uses a lot of politically charged examples oh, drop my mic uses a lot of politically charged examples which is fine but it's like literally like oh yeah if you're uh Republican or you're a feminist and like sets them up as opposite things and I'm like you don't have to push the out group that hard like if you're trying to hit a broad audience you could have made this it was it might have just been a point about um like an unfair standard of assessing evidence like oh yeah if it's something that you agree with you say oh good this is evidence for me but if it's something you disagree with you say oh that's not that's not uh compelling evidence whatsoever that's a poorly written study or whatever mm -hmm. so the question you're supposed to ask is like well if I disagreed if I felt the other way around it would I find this evidence compelling because it's not fair for me to count as evidence for my thing if I already agree with it. Yeah. If I wouldn't do the same if I didn't agree with it. And she, I think she uses feminists and Republicans. And I'm like, you don't have to. You could have picked anything, right? <laughs> but Greens and blues. I mean, it, you know, yeah. it's her thing. She's smart. She knows what she's doing. I'm just kind of curious. Uh, so she must be aiming for a particular uh, audience and thinking it's okay if I isolate the people who don't agree with this. If it'll make me get these people who do agree, agree with it more on board maybe she thought that like you know yeah i'm not going to reach some segments anyway so i might as well just throw dirt at them right but, uh, i think she did say something in that that those souls about, are already lost she just she said, she maybe said like, something in that section hey, about somebody's talking shit about you in this book this, <laughs> right this book here yeah <laughs> buy it and, and find out yeah. um, or you know just tag you tag um scout mindset and rant about it because any publicity is good publicity yeah it could be I mean, I think that she did say, too, if, if you happen to feel the other way about this, you're welcome to reverse the example. But it's like, why would you even just make that example oh, that do you, intense? Do you know how I actually found the rationalist community originally? How's that? Uh, I was a fan of the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe podcast. Oh, yeah. And at one point, they uh, that podcast always like does has a quote relating to skepticism at the end. And uh, I can never remember. Is it Jay or... Uh, the one who does the quote at the end is Jay. Or Okay, let's uh, usually it's he like screams the quote. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Carl Sagan. Yeah, or he, he screams rather. Yeah, the the person whose quote who. God damn it. But, so he uh, he tried to scream Eliezer Yudkowsky <laughs> and was like Eliezer Yudkowskinowski, and so like apparently uh somebody like poked Eliezer and was like, hey, I think they're making fun of you on this like podcast, this like skeptics guide thing, and he like popped onto the forum and was like uh what's going on here <laughs> and they're 
oh no that's just my brother who can't pronounce names and is an idiot like hey do you want to be on our podcast oh sure and then he was on an episode of the podcast oh excellent and that is how i found the rationalist <laughs> which podcast was it skeptic's guide to the universe you cast was on one of those i yeah. apparently i missed that one huh no that's fun quite a while ago but uh and i don't even know if he was on if he was like no i, I think he was on an episode and they interviewed him about ai stuff cool that's cool. I might be misremembering. That's another group of people that you can tell, at the very least, Jay and Bob keep up with the rationalist community. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they're great. Now I got Jay to do the voice of um, the groundskeeper. That's so cool. Yeah, that was awesome. I was so stoked. I appreciate Zila pointed out the example that I thought would have been informative to uh, Julia when she was writing her um, book. Julia no has to know about it. it. Exactly, yeah. She has to and, know about it and chose to do the opposite. So mm -hmm. yeah. I, I think that's yeah, I mean, I think she's she's calling out specific people, right? Like I, I was I was sort of joking, but sort of not. Like she will she will call out in the book people who she's had a Twitter disagreement with, and it's like, okay, what's the point of doing that except to create, uh, <laughs> you know, a beef, which is then going to serve as as marketing, basically. Yeah, I guess um, that's the point. At least once or twice she has said, you know, Dave, not his real name or something. Mm -hmm. So maybe what she's trying to do with that, because again, I'm going to assume. Uh, I'm going to take the the do uh, fiction approach and just assume that everything she's doing on, is on purpose because she's a genius. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm assuming that she's doing those specifically to say, these are personal examples I use in my real life. These aren't abstract techniques that one can apply only from your armchair. Like this, these are things I try to do all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Could, could be. I mean, it makes it more vivid when you have a real world example. And there's sort of a tone I, I feel, which is this is not a criticism, just an observation where she's like, look, I've been I've been trying to explain these ideas for like 15 years and you fucking people just don't listen to me. And I have I have a lot of thoughts on this and you're going to hear about it now. Um, it's not I, imagine aggro, it feels, but... I imagine it feels really good to have a book published kind of worldwide and you have the opportunity to like call specific people out. And they don't have an equal size like microphone to call back at you. you know, it's very hedonistic, but it probably does feel quite good that. <laughs> I mean, the people that she calls out, I'm assuming, are already people that are in the public eye because others know about them. So they have a microphone to speak back with. One's like an example with their cousin when they were kids. But like, <laughs> right, well, but, but that one was you're allowed of, to throw your family under the bus. That one was less of a, like an uncharitable thing towards the cousin, more of an uncharitable thing towards herself. Yeah. It was the. Um, it wasn't, she, it wasn't Halo Effect exactly. You, this was early in, early in the book, Matt. It was talking about like, oh, my cousin was playing me, you know, her favorite album or whatever. And she was two years older than me. So in my mind, incredibly sophisticated. And so I was just agreeing like, oh my God, yeah, I love them too. They're great. And then the cousin plays one and like, that's my, actually my favorite song of theirs. And she's like, yeah, me too. I think it's my favorite. Ha, I tricked you. It's actually my least favorite song of theirs. Oh, and that's then, me. And then she's like, I could feel in my mind, my mind, my position on the song actually shifting. Like I wasn't lying when I said it was my favorite. It was just like, I, I was, I felt that way because I was inclined to try and impress her or something. Yeah. Um, it was so mm. like that. That's where I mean, like, it's a very like, you know, very personal example sort of thing. And we do this all the time, you know, with often with things more consequential than like, do you like this song? Right. Right. And I had the exact same experiences with the music and, and movies and stuff when I was a kid. So, and you know, that's a lot of what you like is being part of a culture and fitting in with your culture. Yeah, I think it takes a level of, I don't know, I, 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 adulthood isn't the right word, but I mean, neither is maturity. Maybe you have to run out of so many fucks before you're willing to burn any on like challenging somebody but you know if they like something that you don't or vice versa it also may be that like once you're old enough in your 30s or later your tastes are 
somewhat fixed because at that point, if you have not found your community and already started reproducing evolutionarily, you're already fucked. <laughs> so your tastes don't matter anymore. It's, you know, it's only when you're young and you need to fit in in order to survive that your tastes change to like what you're mostly surrounded with. I don't know. That sounds like Evo Psych and Wes right now would bonk me. I mean, it's too bad he's not here. I, I, I'm just thinking it's more like a, um, you just get like a level of confidence where you don't need to to move your every uh, preference with the whims of people around you, right? Yes. <laughs> Someone just linked the My Immortal as Alchemical Algory, which is fantastic. They're talking in the chat about um, criticism of work and how when you can assume that the author is a genius and when you can't. And I love, yeah, Scott's Scott's take there. All right, what is My Immortal? Oh, oh, My Immortal is a fantastic Twilight fanfic, which is basically <laughs> it's 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 like the Amazing Man two of Twilight fanfics in that it uh, makes fun of them, but also is kind of fun to read. Or at least, I don't know, maybe I'm flattering myself by saying Amazing Man 2 was kind of fun to read. But My Immortal is really fun to read, and it's a great parody of fanfics. And it is, like, consciously trying to be as bad as possible while still being readable and enjoyable. And uh, and Scott goes and analyzes it as if he, as if this was, like, a great work of literature. He was told by his college professors it's a great work. So proving that you can find genius in anything if you are bamboozled enough by your culture. I love it. That's perfect. Yeah. I mean, how apropos. This is like the Monroe's Law, except for SKCD, or excuse me, for SSC, because of the sub community that we're all in. Oh, so uh, yeah. First of all, yeah, she can give yourself a little more credit. Okay. <laughs> um. Also, if anybody else wants to get on voice, it's uh. Oh, Evan Langley says maybe not on purpose. No one knows. I submit that there is no way that thing could have been written with by someone who was not totally who knew what they were doing and was doing it that way on purpose. It's like Chuck Tingle. You, the first time you read a Chuck Tingle thing, you're like, is this guy crazy? And the more you read it, the more you're like, oh no, this is definitely someone who probably is a very crazy successful like a author. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would imagine a very successful author in whatever uh, genre of literature they choose to write in and does this for fun because uh, you can tell after a while that these things are intentional and they're just having fun. They're trolling you. It's misspelled. What? What? <laughs> Maybe the story, the my my immortal is full of these things. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a strange story. It is fucking strange. Yeah. Um, does anybody else want to get on voice? And as long as we're plugging books, anyone who's not reading Worth the Candle absolutely should be. Matt calling you out, especially. I'm um, telling you guys. I know that. you're busy. <laughs> yeah, I but know. only three chapters a week isn't that many. <sighs> it's 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 not even close to enough. <laughs> Poor Stephen. I finished reading this week's reading on. We record on Tuesdays. Yeah, Wednesday that like before the end of the workday. Didn't did, I thought you texted me uh like at midnight saying you had just finished plowing through it, or was it just uh, through chapter nineteen? It was, it was through at least a couple of chapters. Yeah, by midnight that night I stayed up reading, and I'm like, even as I as I'm reading, I'm like, I'm going to regret this. I'm going to regret this. I should stretch this out, but I'm, <laughs> I ran through it. So no, that's how it's done. Yeah, got just crunch through all of it. It's really good shit. Uh, I'm going to get off the voice so that um. Other people can have a chance and we're not sort of talking over each other. I do just want to leave you with one question, though, hosts. Okay, uh, what is and the that, question? And that is, if there was ever a Muppet uh, recasting of the Beijing Conspiracy podcast, which Muppet would you want to play each of you? Hmm. I, are the Muppets the Sesame Street characters? No. Uh, I mean, there are Muppets on Sesame Street as well, but there's also the ones from the Muppet Show, which included like um, Fonzie the Bear and Miss Piggy. I think uh, uh, Gonzo. 
wait, Kermit and Miss Piggy weren't Muppets or weren't uh, Sesame Street? Kermit was the only one of the Muppets that was on Sesame Street. I see. I, I I grew up apparently on the wrong side of television. I didn't watch any of these things. Are yeah. those two angry guys who yell from like the yeah, balcony? The, those are on. Yeah. I want I want them show. to play me. <laughs> <laughs> Can be Steven. Uh, cool. Someone uh, has to be Beaker. Statler and Waldorf are the guys on the balcony. That's it. Yeah. That's a hard choice. Yeah. I feel like Miss Piggy, maybe, or like Animal. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Do you play drums? I actually. Uh, have played drums in the past and i've been thinking about getting back into it i would want to be played by the muppet version of angel from the episode of angel where they <laughs> turned into muppets That's so <laughs> all right wizard point Thank says you, that hey thanks nick appreciate it <laughs> um, have a good, have a good rest of the podcast everyone no, thank you thank very you. much wizard said that they'd be count dracula that reminds me uh um or the count right Mm. There's a there's a YouTube video where I think every time he's <laughs> counting, censorship. yeah, and yeah. he censors him, and it sounds really filthy when he censors. <laughs> I think he's just saying numbers. No, he's saying the word count. Oh, okay, yeah, I like to count, or you know, yeah, yeah. counting is my thing. Yeah. yeah. So if you if you look up on Wikipedia the list of Muppets, uh, Oscar the Grouch isn't on there. Count what? uh, count yeah, what's his name? The count isn't on there. Uh, they just scooter. not Muppets. <laughs> Oh, hey, Evelyn says I look surprisingly like the angel Muppet. Thank you. <laughs> I am very flattered. Ernie and Bert. <laughs> nice. um, yeah, speaking of Wikipedia pages that the, that the count is on, if you go to the Wikipedia page on fictional vampires, uh, there's this big breakdown chart <laughs> of all the vampires, including like their, their powers, weaknesses, and all this and that. Count Chocula. Oh, no, I was thinking Count Chocula, not the count. The count is also on there. <laughs> the Count Chocula is on there. Like his, his his powers include like turning milk like chocolatey sweet or something. Yeah. And his weaknesses include turning soggy and milk. <laughs> Surely everyone must be thinking the existence of a fictional vampire's Wikipedia page strongly implies the existence of a non-fictional vampire's Wikipedia page, which sounds much more interesting. But Masquerade suppresses that one. I somewhat up above said Muppets include um, Labyrinth Muppets and uh, Jordan Peterson. Oh, from the lobster thing? Or <laughs> just, no, it's just Jordan just Peterson. He looks like a Muppet, sounds like a Muppet. He, does, that kind of he thing. sounds like Kermit. He sounds like Kermit. Yeah. Just, I think he's actually embraced that as part of his brand. Alucard from Helsing is the best vampire. Oh, from Helsing Abridged. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> I never saw all of Helsing, but probably because I didn't have the abridged version. And like most animes, I just I have like filler episodes. It, it was like 12 episodes. The, um, no. The old, the, there's there's an OVA that is a lot better. That might be what you're thinking of. Okay. And it's a lot, I think, closer to the manga. JoJo's Bizarre help? Adventure oh. also has good vampires and a lot of filler episodes. What does? JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Good vampires oh, yeah. lots of filler episodes. I have never seen that, but I've had so many people talk about it. I couldn't get into it, but like, I, I like that it exists, but yeah, it's... I will say the Helsing soundtrack is amazing. Oh my god, it's so good, Reed. Oh, so much good music. I remember you used one of their songs somewhere in Methods of Rationality, I think. You probably did. Yeah, it, it stuck out, because I, I hadn't seen the show in years and years, but all the music is, is very memorable. Yeah. All right. Did anybody else want to jump on, chat, ask us anything, that kind of stuff? Talk to us. <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, for yeah. anyone who's not on the live chat they someone just posted a really good meme yes. love it keep the memes coming yeah johnny you had something you were saying uh no i just hopped on because i am apparently the only person on this wide and wonderful internet with a microphone um hmm. who wants to talk uh, join in right now 
Well, we also, I think, have default mute just because we couldn't have 10 people try and unmute at the same time. So and you have to raise your hand if you want to say stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just like say at something at us in the chat. Or you don't even have to add us. We're paying attention to it. You can do the wave emoji that Enosh doesn't use enough to have it in the frequently used. So. Yeah, that's true. I, oh man. So someone gave us the, the sent a link to the um, stage option in Discord, which would have been absolutely fucking perfect for this, where for the most part, people just, uh, you know, are watching, but they can raise their hand and the moderator, like Steven, for example, could pull them up on stage and then they would be talking to everyone. Like it was the coolest fucking feature, but you could only enable it if you turn your community, your Discord channel into a community channel. And that included like uh, giving Discord the, uh, I mean, I know they already looked through our shit anyway, but explicitly giving Discord permission to scan everything that's posted and uh, censor not safe for work things, unless they're in the not safe for work channel. And I was just like, you know what? Fuck right off. I'm not sure I want to deal with that. Like maybe, maybe next time we could just enable it for one day and then disable it afterwards. But I, and what was the perk of doing that? Uh, there's a stage setting, which is kind of does what we want to do here, but better. I see. Yeah. You know, we're, we're managing. Yeah. Is there anything we'd like to know about our audience? Oh, turning it around on you, making you ask the questions. Yeah. I ask the questions here. Um, no, I don't know. I, uh, curious, I'll just put it on the back burner for a minute. What Thank you, Lighten, uh... <laughs> the turntables. <laughs> I never, I never watched The Office because I, I saw a few episodes, but even I'm familiar with that, and it's one of my favorites. I hmm, like. I would like to know what the average age of listeners is, but that's more of a survey question than. Yeah, I'm thinking of survey quite like what what careers do people have or aspirationally want? Like, hey, me too. Where Nick in the world are people located? Survey questions. Yeah. So we got 2025 <laughs> <laughs> Scooter, your voice sounds surprisingly deep for a six-year-old. Ooh, Zila is apparently immortal. Oh, good. We got Zila employed here. <laughs> I got to point out that, like, I love half half of what you guys say on the uh, the non-spoilerly worth the channel worth the candle chat are like things that so we record on Tuesdays, the day after the episode comes out, and since you guys don't talk about the episodes that we covered until. The following Friday, I don't get to steal any of the ideas. But you guys say half the things that I say most yeah. episodes, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's very gratifying. And uh, you guys had some back and forth earlier this week that I thought was great about. Uh, uh, shoot, I can't remember, but I'd said I'd read. A, I'd pay a hundred dollars to read a fiction of it. That if you guys wanted to to work on it together. That's right. I think there's some worth the candle fanfics out there. I should look them up after we're done recording here because, <laughs> I mean, they got to be awesome, right? I enjoy Hopefully. the transhuman future that we're existing right now where like a lot of media consists of fanfics of fanfics yeah <laughs> how, how does that make it a transhuman future i don't know it's very meta <laughs> it's uh, uh we have we've surpassed fiction <laughs> all oh, fiction, this, is are meta fiction. this is true <laughs> what Ooh. i know about transhumanism is it's when things are more than other things Scooter uh, knows of at least one worth the candle fanfics. If it's good, please link it, and I will check it out. I uh, they they just came out with chapter they Alexander Wales just came out with chapters twenty nine and thirty last night for the uh, early patrons, and I wanted to read it, but then I was like, uh, you know that th that Drake meme where he's like nah to uh, reading chapters two hundred twenty nine two hundred thirty, and <laughs> yeah, that's right to chapters nineteen through twenty one again. <laughs> I got the email about that because I support Scott or uh, Alexander Wales on Patreon. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, 
I saw that it goes to at least chapter 230. That's that's as far as I can see. And you got to wait a long fucking time to get there. I'm we'll sorry. Find, no, it's Whenever all good. we we'll stop find, recording, we'll I'm immediately going to go home and read those chapters. Mm-hmm. Which, how long are we going to keep going just to like until we get exhausted? Or yeah, we'll did, probably did we pick a hard end time. Or We have no hard end time, but I figure usually mm. we record for about two to two and a half hours. So somewhere around then. Yeah, just hanging out. Yeah. Maybe oh, more coffee. Yes, uh, we should have another. No, not right now. There. Oh, okay, Just okay. In the future. Yeah. <laughs> I wish Alexandra Wells would make one character. Oh, no. <laughs> Read HPMOR. Oh, that'd be great. And then HPMOR stuff can start showing up. Crossover. Oh my God, we have to record until the sun teamwork. explodes. Our high priestess has decreed it. How the stars work? Damn it. <laughs> so, man, one of the best fanfics I ever read was someone wrote a crossover of. This is like when I was in middle school and I did not have my own computer that had access to the internet. So I was in middle school, like with my friends on the library computers reading fanfiction.net. Somebody wrote a crossover of, uh, it was Pokemon and Digimon. And they like, the characters teamed up, used their powers to invade the real world. And hmm. they were fighting some politician. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I actually, it was so good. I think I still have it. I, I printed it out on like a ton of printer paper mm. back before they like knew that they needed to charge people for printer paper. And I have it somewhere. I need to find it again. It was so good. It was basically a rat fic now that I think about it, but starring the characters of Digimon and Pokemon. Oh, that's awesome. And it also had a musical chapter. <laughs> I think my very first fanfic that I knew was fanfic uh, was um, Shinji and Warhammer 40k. And we're, uh, it's, it's just, it's crazy, but it was great. And I'm not going to talk too much about it because most Wait, people like, haven't read it. So it'd be boring. It's like hearing about other people's dreams. Shinji from Evangelion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he gets really into 40 K and his miniatures start talking to him kind of the same way that, uh, um, Harry has the various Lutheran houses talking to him <laughs> or the various, uh, houses of Hogwarts talking to him this and it fills him with like, um, confidence and ability. So Aww. it's just a totally different story when Shinji is, you know, got a lot of agency. Anyways, we have... Ooh, we got a number of things. All right. So first, um, Johnny has a suggestion. Drink coffee continuously. The first one of you that needs to pee will signal the recording has come to its natural conclusion. Oh, that's just not how we roll. We usually take at least one pee break between, like during the episode. We do. And we have a question from Man in White, which is, wow, we're really good question. What is the moment in your life that you felt most meaningful? I'm assuming that the moment is the most meaningful. Uh, marriage, graduation, funeral, psychedelics, etc. Jace or Steven, do one of you want to start? Dibs on last. I need to think about this one. Oh, God. I mean, <laughs> meaningful would be like every time a friend of mine died, but that's not like, I don't know if you're trying to get meaningful as in like uplifting. No, I mean, but, when someone's died, it's probably a, a really yeah intense one. Yeah, I'm sort of defined by the death of my two best friends uh, first year of college. Mm-hmm. I went to college because it's like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing with my life. I just followed my friend there. <laughs> And then I was stuck there for five years because I again didn't know what the hell I was doing. But like, damn, yeah. And so, was that the was that the friend that died? Yeah, uh, Christina. How far into college were you when that happened? Uh, fr- first year. Oh, damn. <laughs> it was such a train wreck because I followed her there because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Then she died, and then I I had decided to major in environmental science because I was like, well, if I don't know what the hell I'm doing with my life, I might as well save the world. Mm. But then like, I was super depressed from my friend's death, and the classes were all super depressing. It was like basically every class was the professors talking about, yeah, okay, you're studying this major, but actually the science shows that we're all kind of fucked already, so 
uh, there might be these theoretical ways that we could unfuck the earth, but it doesn't look good. And I was just like, I need to change majors. I need to change majors. Yeah. <laughs> and so you decided to go into AI instead. No. I, no. Well, actually, that was when I was really obsessed with AI. Uh, I had not found the rationalist community yet, but just like independently, I thought AI was really cool. And uh, for some reason, I was obsessed with the Tel Aviv Institute that was trying to make an AI that w would pass the Turing test, mm -hmm. <laughs> which was considered a hard problem at the time. Mm hmm. Uh, that anyway. was the car accident? Yeah. Oh, what about you? <laughs> uh, well, I guess mine is kind of easy. <laughs> I had to for the downer. No, no. I had to think about it for a while um, while you were talking. And I mean, I was paying attention too, but I guess this is you the one the time. Story, though. Yeah, yeah, that too. But and yeah, everyone is saying they're sorry. And it, yeah, very much so. Um, I think it's not a single event. It was a period of time. But I think the thing in my life that I both find most meaningful and that was most meaningful to me was the creation of the Harry Potter uh, audiobook podcast thing because it took many, many, well, not many, many years, but it took several years, which was the longest single project I've ever undergone. And I don't know, it really changed my life. I became much more confident doing this. I did a thing that people loved, which was like kind of a first for me. I, I felt myself to be generally unlovable before that moment in my life which Aww. i know it's a, it's a whole thing i'm over it ish <laughs> you better be <laughs> i'm kind of over it but, um but yeah and like it's it's i've gotten a lot of mail from people who are saying things like thank you you know this changed my life or this really helped me through a tough period or something like that and so i feel like it's probably the most meaningful thing i have done with my life as well which on the one hand is a really good feeling but on the other hand it's also like now nothing I do with the rest of my life is going to be as meaningful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. So, but yeah, it was uh that that was definitely it because I think that's the thing I did that had the most impact both on my life and the world in general. And you know, I know it's a small thing. It's nothing compared to like Eliezer who actually fucking wrote the thing and is trying to save the universe through AI, but it's it's the little thing I could contribute, so I feel good about it. I got to mention that I um uh, Jean-Luca um, finished the Replacing Guilt audiobook or audio series. And so if you're still comparing yourself to world-changing titans, you should read this sequence if you haven't yet. Mm -hmm. And now you can listen to it. You can read it with your ears, and it's actually not that long when you're listening to it anyway. So Yeah. Um, I mean, we did a whole podcast episode or a whole Basin Conspiracy episode about how good it was. And all that did was <laughs> sell me on getting around to reading it. And then That's luckily, really good, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, Jean-Luca is the guy who did the audio series for it and uh i don't think i knew about it till he emailed and the the show and i'm the only one who checks the email for that so um i was <laughs> like oh no you're good but i was like i was like oh perfect i can now now i have no excuse to keep putting this off mm. so i think i've read one or two posts i really got to get through and read the whole thing i mean it's it's just it's all good stuff right yeah but i mean on, on the most part like it's not merely giving your you know giving you an excuse to like not feel bad about changing the world but it's like actually a, a way to articulate um i guess how to uh, have like self-worth yeah uh, how to help how to have feel like you have a meaningful life <laughs> find something you care about etc without comparing yourself to stuff like that because there's no need to it it, it found i don't know I, I found it helpful hmm. um i don't i don't anticipate i'll do anything world-changing but i try to do little things that i can it reminds oh, yeah. me of the dave mustang story which one's that oh are you familiar with dave mustang from megadeth no okay so megadeth is a huge band in uh heavy metal it was one of the founders it is one of the greats people like the guy is huge, multi-millionaire, foundational, and very influential for all the people that came up behind after him. 
uh, he considers himself a failure and is pretty unhappy with his life because he was originally in Metallica and they had a schism earlier on and he was left and formed his own band. It was like, fuck you, I'll show you guys. And of course, he he never got as big as Metallica because Metallica is fucking Metallica, right? And uh, and like he's he's amazingly successful by any metric except the metric of I want to show those guys I'm better than them. And yeah. yeah, you can always make yourself miserable by comparison mm. to somebody because like everybody's I don't know. There's always going to be somebody better than you at something, but then you're always going to be better at something than some other person. So that's that's bad metric. Mm. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Evelyn. So, Stephen, did you have a meaningful moment in your life or? No, my life is utterly meaningless. <laughs> um, <laughs> asked which thing that will, or what thing we're talking about. Uh, um, it was the Replacing Guilt podcast. Ah, yes. And Gianluca is the name of the guy who did it. I forget his last name. Yeah, and uh, Nate Soares is the author of those sequences. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to think. I mean, there's there's obviously been some big events. I, I think I, I tried to, and I've, I've, I think I've mentioned both of these on the show at some point, so I'll, I can push past them or I'll, I'll, I'll compress them down. Um, like the... There, I, I, I guess I'm trying to think of like small things that were just like insightful for me. And, you know, one of them was I had this coworker that I didn't like or get along with, um, kind of like the exact opposite of a role model. And he was like our team lead at my last job. And uh, one of his cats died. And like he had known that I had a cat that died like the year before. And we spent a lot of time talking about it. I got with him on his smoke breaks and oh, stuff. Pet death. And yeah, and it was it was just like, at the end of the day, I was like, you know what, I don't have to like, relate to as a person or want to hang out with you but like at the end of the day we can find common ground on really anything like yeah you know there's just not a guy who like loves his cat right yeah and i i think that that was kind of the a it wasn't necessarily like the moment but it was a, a an articulate moment for like oh you know what i i probably relate to everybody that way not necessarily on like our love of cats or something but i share something like that with everybody right not yeah. you know nobody's just like this person that is impossible for me to, to like or get along with right yeah um or at least understand or empathize with yeah yeah like and i you know even if it's somebody that i disagree with on just about everything we can find something that makes you know we can it sounds like the hippiest bullshit ever but um you know something that brings us together <laughs> that, that we can share great. yeah velcro mentioned proposing to your wife that's fun that's awesome um yeah one like of my you and your you and your i guess wife now that's, yeah. that's still weird to say that but it's fine i feel you're... so grown up saying wife <laughs> you're like one of the cutest and happiest couples i know and it's always adorable seeing you guys interact so i figured it would probably get somewhere in there but on the other hand it's hard to like wrap up 10 years of life into a single meaningful moment so yeah i mean it's we have like i think i i mean i i don't have much else to compare it to but i want to say near perfect communication where we can be like plain and honest and we never as far as i know hurt each other's feelings and there's never been a risk of that mm -hmm. um is honestly like the kind of relationship that like you, you know the uh greek eudaimonia you know like flourishing whatever it's it's like a eudaimon relationship like if I, if I could pick a relationship for people that i care about i'd want them to have one like this um she's the best and that's definitely a big meaningful part of my life yeah. uh i don't quite know how to compress that down into a moment right um <laughs> but yeah we had two other questions above i think uh Phoenix had one, uh, and, and it was slightly above that one. Well, I think you passed it. Whoops. Uh, 
All right, well, let's tackle Phoenixes because of that one is easy. And while we're doing that, you can scroll up and look for the one uh, that we missed. Phoenix asked, um, what was the thing that we were doing early in the podcast that took up a lot of time that we cut out? Uh, I don't have that question directly in front of me, but that was the gist of it. Uh, I think uh, the things that we used to do for like preparing or whatever uh, that we don't do now, I think the biggest one is in the editing. I used to, because I came from the uh, audiobook podcast, and in that, sound quality is pretty important. Uh, if I flub a line, I redo it. Uh, if I don't quite like how I pronounced something or inflected something, I'll redo it. And also importantly, I took out every um and uh and lots of the breathing in sounds, that kind of thing. And so when we started doing the Basin Conspiracy, I brought that uh, that editing philosophy in with me. And uh, I spent hours, and I know Stephen, you did too, just going through cutting out ums and uhs and sometimes breathing sounds. And it's for a conversation podcast like this, it's not that big a deal and it doesn't really matter. And we cut that out and instead just timestamp like really big flubs that afterwards we can go out and cut those out instead. But for the most part, all the little things stay in now. Bathroom breaks is, you know, like the yeah. easiest thing to Thought put the in there. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, editing used to be like a six hour process. Yeah, yeah. And I'd go through, listen to it. And since the episodes are about two hours, it would be at least three minutes per minute of listening as you're going through and doing everything. Yep. And then I'm, I I sort of, I can't remember, if, you know, if it was a process or if I kind of just came to you, to you guys and I was like, look, this takes way too fucking long and it doesn't, we don't get that much return on it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and like, uh, and you mentioned there was like some professional podcast where they leave it in of rationally, rationally speaking, oh, and, rationally speaking. And, very bad wizards. and very bad. Yeah. Like I figure if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. And it I worked. was listening to Sam Harris had on a good uh, episode just a couple episodes ago with Peter Singer and two other people starting the they were starting the journal of controversial ideas. And uh, Peter Singer uses at least as many verbal fillers as I do. Granted, he sounds like a, you know, an aristocratic Australian. So you get, he's got that going for him to make him sound extra smart. But I was listening to him and I was gratified. I was like, Oh, we have the same amount of like pauses and ums, like probably within a, a deviation of each other. Um, I don't know. I can't, since I can't reach the key. Oh, smart. There, uh, just in there. Um, anyway, so that was, that was gratifying. But yeah, I, the, uh, the, the editing time now is 30 minutes when you include like the things that audacity just does for you when you say, do this. Yeah. Um, and it, it really makes it a lot less of a hassle. Uh, I guess there was also like, we, we used to do a lot more scripting. We did? Well, I don't know. When I first joined, I was trying to. Oh, yeah, we had notes have, and stuff. Yeah, yeah we yeah, actually had notes more. that we looked at. <laughs> <laughs> we got to stop doing that. I still do notes of the sequences. Yeah. I pull things out that I want to hit on. But yeah, aside from that, usually now it's like, I did some. What was the last one where I had notes? Uh, it was a pretty recent one. Was it the heat? Yes, I think that was it. Yeah, I pulled I pulled things out of the uh, yeah the hate is the new sex post. I guess it makes sense when we're sort of when our episode topic is an article or an essay that yeah we we could like pull quotes, make a script, but it seems like we uh, sort of just ad lib. <laughs> uh, we have well, we have another question, and why we cur joined us. Uh, why we cur? I have given you the guest role. You can unmute yourself whenever you would like and then ask questions or whatever. But before that, Johnny asked um, a question for us. We all love Ratfic. Which property ought to be a Ratfic, but as far as you know, is not yet one? And I have a really easy answer that is almost cheating, so I'm going to I'm gonna wait. Do you know, any of you have one? Is it the Martian? No. That Good, because that's my answer. Is I Ratfic. think that one already is Ratfic, yeah. I mean, like... I th I, can't, I think I was talking to Brian about this with uh, when we transitioned from Johnny to personality to... Uh, 
um, Metropolitan Man. Because mm-hmm. you know, I, I I I don't know exactly how to quite gatekeep on what counts, but really, I think anything that's like fun and entertainment that you're also actually learning actual stuff from. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably too broad because you can learn actual stuff that's fun from a historical fiction. You know, that's largely not fiction or something. Mm-hmm. But like MythBusters basically counts. That's true. You know, like you know, it, I'm not gonna. It's not fic though, right? Yeah, but. I mean, they, they, they got the rat part. Well, and they'll, they'll, they'll take things from fiction and then test them. You know, I know it's, it's not, it's, it's kind of, you know, apples and uh, whatever trampolines. It's not even close, <laughs> but you know, like uh, as it turns out, you know, if you're six feet underwater, you can, you'll basically be fine if someone's shooting a nine millimeter gun at you. Yeah. Like they test that because they saw it in John Wick, right. Or some other action movie, every action movie, I guess. Right. right. But Wait, like in John Wick, was he because I didn't see the one where he gets shot at underwater. Was he fine when he was underwater? Or yeah. Did he, OK, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, six feet. It, yeah. it stops yeah. the bullet. That's, or, that's so, normally how they uh, get the the, you know, the when they do forensics on a bullet to see uh, what gun it came from. They oftentimes shoot it into a tank of water so that it, you know, has all the markings and isn't all crushed up by hitting a wall or something. Oh, that's smart. Smart. Yeah. Uh, I kind of feel like it doesn't matter what property like the, a, a good writer and Kenan has made like good rat fic out of My Little Pony, uh, yeah, yeah. Frozen, uh, yep. <laughs> Harry Potter, you know. Um, yeah, but so what property should be rat fic that you would like to see given the rat fic treatment? Well, <laughs> David Yusuf and I are like, we keep trying to coordinate on working on a Dragon Ball Z mm. uh, rat fic. So it should be that one. <laughs> so well, I definitely feel like that would be great. Yeah. Um, I think I have a lot of well, we both have a lot of ideas for it. We just can't seem to coordinate getting together and putting the ideas together into a coherent story. I'm going to make a prediction of what Stevens is. I'm going to whisper it to you and then you can. Okay. we both know what it is. I was going to say Wheel of Time and you knew that, right? I was going to say Doctor Strange. Oh, I was. Yeah, thinking Marvel. Oh, that would have been that would have been fun to do a rational fic of. I, I, I was thinking Wheel of Time because the characters are largely stupid. Wheel of Time would have been. It would have been on my list, but since I haven't read very much of it, I didn't know whether it would need the red fic treatment. But they are largely stupid, you say? Yeah, like they don't they don't optimize easy things that they could could uh, spam the hell out of. Um, it's not until like the last book where you know they, they can do Doctor Strange style portals, and it's not until the last book where someone opens one in a volcano and then opens the other end over the enemy army. Right. And it's like, why did it take someone five thousand years to think of that? Yeah. yeah. Um, I really like uh Ooh, scooters. Avatar the last yeah. Avenger suggestion. That's a good one. That would be good. Yeah. Uh, apparently Dragon Ball One already exists. Yeah, I figured. Wizard says it's already really good, doesn't need a rat fic, and it's true that it's really good, but it's not a rat fic, so it could be even better, maybe. I think the it trick could be rational be, at least. The trick will be writing it lovingly. Because like yeah. I uh, I know a lot of people are turned off by methods of rationality. Uh, the first few chapters and like a, a bit of it is that, like making fun of the Harry Potter universe. Mm-hmm. That was actually why I liked it because I was never that much of a fan of the Harry Potter books. I thought they were, I don't know, I grew up reading like Ursula Le Guin and like Narnia. So I was like, okay, this is just a ripoff of like the magical universes that I grew up. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Hipster push-up glasses thing. But uh, uh it was fairly unoriginally tropey. I liked why we curse saying that Doctor Strange is already pretty close because the magic feels system feels so suited to Ratfic. <laughs> like they're they're also clever, uh, you know, plays and moves in the in the movie. And I'm looking forward to seeing the next one. All, all I know is that I think it's supposed to be a horror movie, but I I know it's called the Multiverse of Madness. Okay. But I don't even know what year it's coming out. Wait, it's gonna but be a horror genre. I, I heard that like oh, two that years ago. Awesome. And I if they're if they're making I don't I don't want to get my hopes up because maybe I miss maybe I'm 
you know, was misinformed or something, but that'd be fucking awesome. Anyway, but like the, since Enosh hasn't seen it and one day I'll make him watch it, I won't describe the ending, but the ending involves a thinking outside the box move that was like, oh yeah, I can't, I can't just overpower the enemy. I've got to think of something creative. And this was a really like, you know, clever way of solving that problem. So yeah. I, what I really want is for um, Alexander Wales to, like clone himself and <laughs> write the uh batman ratfic that he was gonna yeah that he said he was gonna do i love yeah. batman yeah i would love to see a batman ratfic and i mean he's already such a perfect character for it <laughs> i know <laughs> I love batman universe just like has the best characters and and gotham is so good i love when someone pointed out and i, I mean you gotta squint a little bit but someone pointed out <laughs> that basically all the batman villains are uh what if this one aspect of Batman was <laughs> taken to a horrible, evil extent? Yeah, that's great. Like the penguin is taking his richness and, you know, making it evil and way out there. And Two-Face is making his, having his split personality between Bruce Wayne and uh, Batman and making it evil. What about the Joker? Uh, the Joker's taking his, his obsession and mm. making it, yeah, kind of crazy. Like the Riddler takes his detectiveness and makes it crazy and bad detectiveness see this is where when people when people shut on marvel for like oh so the bad guy's going to be like a version of the good guy but bad and like pretend like that's a you know a fault like no that's what makes a compelling bad guy for a for a protagonist yeah it's the dark you, foil you you want them to be kind of, yeah exactly the character's dark mirror of like this this could be what i've done if i'd made other decisions like that <laughs> johnny says ah yes calendar man <laughs> taking his tendency to be punctual to the point of madness i love okay there uh, were a lot of bad villains in I, that, I love the bad villains in the silver age oh i remember calendar man from one of the arkham games he's in a prison cell and on Real world holidays, he'll make a reference to them. Okay. When you like walk past a cell, which you don't have to do, you basically got to make a special visit on Christmas mm -hmm. to hear him complain about something about Christmas. Oh, that's cool. A little Easter egg. Yeah. All right, I'm tapping out. All righty. Uh, yes, why we curve? Would you like to jump in here? I'm assuming he can hear us. I think Gotham is actually based on New Jersey. Really? I always thought it was Chicago. I don't know. Um, I've heard, I know that a lot of people say it's New York, but I think that's Metropolis. Uh, Oh, okay. Mawiker has nothing. Okay, never mind then. I just assumed you wanted to say something. If you do come up with anything, you know, let us know. The internet says Chicago. Okay. Okay, cool. Makes sense because Chicago was always like super corrupt politics, in, <laughs> at least in my imagination of it. That's what I hear is the, uh, you know. Uh, but yeah, the like stereotypical uh, gangsters with Tommy guns and yeah, yeah. fedoras. <laughs> Leighton says Manhattan, but it can't be Manhattan because Manhattan was um, where Superman is. Yeah, the Metropolis. Metropolis. Yeah. I don't know. They're fictional cities. They probably take uh, inspiration from a lot of things, a variety of actual cities. But yeah, like uh, Man in White has a question. Oh, he does. We missed that. What is your favorite example of a time when you changed your opinion on something? Religion, free will, some trivia where everyone is confusingly incorrect. Uh, man, I think I've talked about this on the podcast already. Um, let me see if I can remember a new one. Hmm. I really should keep a record of when I change my mind about things. It's hard because it's usually not a like a hard break where I have one opinion and then I change it on a dime. It's usually something that takes the course of weeks or months, sometimes years. Uh, my leaving religion was like that. That took a long time. Uh, my <laughs> when I was like young and in high school, I was very much sort of a radical communist type. Uh, the <laughs> burn it all down because capitalism is evil and unfair and we can't labor under the shit anymore. And now that I am much older, I'm like, uh, 
wow, that burning it all down idea would be bad. And capitalism is definitely unfair, but any other method tried so far hasn't worked very well either. And capitalism has us where we are right now. So I'm okay with it. I don't know. I've definitely gone from radical Marxism to being more libertarian and which is still a position that is unpopular, I guess, with people who like government, but uh, in a very different way. Uh, I remember when I... Why we curry? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Can you guys hear me? Yes, we can. How are you doing? Yeah, cool. Hi, guys. Hey there. Hi, I believe this is the first time we've heard your voice. Uh, um, yeah, I've, I've done a podcast here before. I don't know if you got... You weren't there, but a few of the people in the Discord were there, I think. Welcome. You are in one of those European nations, right? Yeah, Sweden. I You're have a thick English accent, right? No, your English is amazing. I was just about to say, like, I thought he was from Europe, but we've had other uh, call in in our previous episode, people who were also from, I think, the Nordic countries. And I was like, oh, my God, did you translocate from America or something? Jesus. I mean, I I can totally tell when somebody's from here. So it's like, it's always surprising when people from the U.S. say stuff like that. Maybe it's Discord. I would have maybe kind of been like, there's maybe an accent, but maybe not. I really appreciate that. That's uh, I've worked uh, I've worked a lot on it, so thanks. Cool, excellent. Yeah, but anyway, my question uh, my question was basically, and uh, yeah, feel free to ask for clarification here. But like, lots of discussions I've had here with lots of people in this Discord usually boil down to some sort of thing of oh, but I need this for my identity. I, I remember you, Ineash. A big part of why you didn't like wireheading was like you had this identity that you wanted to preserve, right? Or do you think I'm mischaracterizing that? I mean, it depends on what you mean by an identity I want to preserve, because I think wireheading basically erases you as a person, but in the sense that I wish to have an identity as a person, that is true, yes. Right, so that that was basically what I wanted to clarify. I would like the input of all of you, to be honest, because from my perspective, I'm the consciousness, right? And the rest is just superfluous stuff that can be there, but I don't care if it's there unless it brings more positivity you know what i mean but it's mm-hmm. clear to me that most people don't agree with me and i would i'm just wondering like oh yeah what is even uh, yeah what is even identity at that point like i don't even understand what it means um two things Stephen, can you cap uh, capture wizard's question and paste it below the current one yes okay cool um jace you said you had strong opinions uh first i want to maybe can you clarify your question more though because uh I want to make sure that I'm responding to what you're actually, what you're, yeah. Okay, so when people, like, the most recent examples I have is Ineos example where he's like, oh yeah, but if everybody's just like, do you remember the Scott Alexander post where he's like, oh, God created this universe where everybody sits on a lotus? He said something like that. Everybody's like perfectly happy, almost Uh identical. And to me, that's like perfect, but Uh, you seem to disagree with that. And I don't understand why. What 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 missing piece of, is missing? This reminds me of uh, like arguments I've had with Wes about wireheading. Yeah. Where so if you you know okay, it gets really hard to talk about this because I feel like there's not good words for some of these concepts. But so a, a version of me that was just eternally blissed out sounds kind of horrifying because I actually like get meaning out of work or out of well okay um. I think my my core like main value is curiosity. So I get like the most enjoyment out of learning new things, uh, exploring, and 
if I was just like, you know, having liquid Valium like pumped into me at all times, that, that would stop that aspect of me. And learning can be frustrating and annoying, but yeah, it's so rewarding but, uh, because but, you overcome that. Exactly. Yeah. The, the struggle to learn something or to achieve something or build something, I think, is really inherent in what makes a good life. And yeah, so just... my, my point of confu- <laughs> my point of confusion here is it seems like you're explaining it in terms of ultimate happiness, right? Would you agree with that? Uh, I think that happiness is not is I don't know. Um, it's not my like top priority, mm-hmm. and that is the oh. I think main point of uh, main the main crux between me and people who agree with wireheading. Where and that's also my argument against negative utilitarianism, where it's like. I think happiness is great, but it's, I don't think it's like the best thing about existence. I, yeah, I basically agree. And I know Matt, I don't know if Matt is still here, has this thing about how all humans are basically a bunch of competing uh, nodules in the brain uh, that are, that want you to do various things and are sort of in competition for your internal resources. And what you do depends on, you know, how strongly one is weighted over another. And I think that is a very good way of modeling humans. And really, the desire just to be happy is always like something that's pulling on me, but it's not the only thing. There are many other desires I have that are m- much more important than just that. And if I was put in a state where that is the only part of me that was being constantly fulfilled to the maximum uh, value it could be, I, I don't think that would be me anymore. That would be a tiny fraction of what was me that, is, that took over the rest of me like a cancer. Uh, I think there's a lot of things that are important to me. I, one of the classic examples is you ask a parent, would you rather that your child is in pain, but you believe that it's happy, or would you rather uh, that your child be happy, but you believe it's in pain? And generally parents answer, I would rather that my child be happy, and I have the wrong belief that they're in pain. Because even though the parent would be made made miserable thinking their child, child is in pain, in actuality, the child is happy, and that's the important part. Uh, like, I mean, one of my most best parts of my life was when I was creating methods of rationality and I couldn't do that if I was just sitting around being happy all the time. Uh, did we want to have Johnny on? Uh, Hi. Yeah. Hey, Johnny. Um, yes, you had a fairly strong opinion vis-a-vis wireheading. I'll jump in. Yeah. So, oh, let's, wait, hold sorry, on. Go ahead, sorry, go ahead, Steve. No, you're good. I was, I was <laughs> going to raise hands now. I was just going to say really quick, I basically concur with what they said, but I'll take it one level further that I have this, this stupidly sentimental attachment to physical reality to where like if I could move if i could i I liked phoenix mentioning uh uh what was that that um my little pony um uh yeah friendship 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 is friendship is optimal yeah if i had the option to migrate to equestria i would choose not to i have a sentimental attachment to physical reality um like like things (laughs) things as they are rather than things that you know i mean i would visit for sure that sounds fun but i i don't know there's something exciting knowing that uh, or at least believing, you know, if we're not in a matrix, you know, I could, you know, I could visit uh, Hawaii and pick up a piece of lava and be like, this is a piece of, of, uh, of what's the kind of rock that comes to lava? Igneous? <laughs> that sounds right. Um, and like, this was, this was inside the earth, like not that long ago. And, you know, there's something cool about that rather than just picking up a, uh, whatever, if I was in a super immersive Elder Scrolls game and be like, look, this is an Elder Scroll. Like, how cool is that? <laughs> like, that sounds fun, but not the, not the same kind of fun. All right, sorry. Go ahead, uh, Johnny. 
by all means, quite all right. Uh, so Wes, as we mentioned, he liked, you know, he is the big wireheading fan around here. Uh, and I must thank him for my opinion because it is by arguing with him constantly that I have formed such a strong opinion on this topic. Um, I expect that's why he does that. <laughs> yeah, I, I do too. And that's why I appreciate it. Um, so when we talk about how wireheading, we expect it would change us. Into uh, what is that horrid noise? I don't know. Uh, who, who? Okay, whatever. Um, it was Koi, so, I think. <laughs> that seems plausible. Um, so you you have a. It, there is a meaningful sense in which you can say that anything that humans do is for selfish hedonic reasons. You know, to, to to some extent that is an accurate model because we expect that the things we do will be good for us in some way, or it, it at least makes us happy to do them. And to that extent, uh, if you you expect that if you get wireheaded, you're not going to want to do any of the other stuff that you want to do. You're just going to want to get wireheaded because it is good enough that it supplants all the other stuff you might want to do. However, as an agent who has desires not just about those... So you have desires about reality. You might want your kid to be happy, for example. Um, you want that because you expect that will make you happy to a certain extent. Um, however, if you were wireheaded, you would not because you would just be maximally satisfied regardless. The reason that you, or, or I shouldn't say you, the reason that some people don't want to get wireheaded is because they have explicit meta-level uh, desires about their desires. They don't just desire things, they desire to desire the things they desire. And they do, they do not like the idea of, their, of at least certain desires being changed. You know, there are some people who, I, I imagine many people, would enjoy thinking healthier foods tasted better for example you know it would be really great if broccoli tasted better than cookies it would be extremely convenient however a lot of people would not like to change their beliefs such that say hurting people in ways that were beneficial to them felt as good as being kind to people because while that might be a useful change to their values it would, it, they have a meta level value that they should not change that value. And I think that is a good way to conceptualize uh, why people don't want to get wireheaded. Okay. Can I ask you a question there, Johnny? I, I just have a quick question there. Sure. So my confusion here comes from like, okay, so imagine, I imagine somebody thinking that they want something. Mm -hmm. What in reality is happening is they have a hypothesis of what will what mental states will come from certain actions, right? Is it possible that they have a hypothesis of how their brain would react to certain stuff and they just are wrong? Do you know what I mean? Like they're yeah, imagining yeah. something happening that doesn't actually happen? Yeah, I mean, I, I expect that a lot of the desires that people follow make them less happy. You know, I, I imagine I would... I. In fact, it is almost definitionally true that if I were wireheaded, I would be more happy. Um, but I would still choose not to do it 
because the agent who is wireheaded and the agent who is me right now have different sets of goals. And while mine include the ha my own happiness as one of those goals, they also include my values staying the same and certain external things about the universe that I want to be able to affect and would not be able to meaningfully affect if I were wireheaded. Yeah, it's like saying Murder so, Gandhi would be okay with being Murder Gandhi, but actual Gandhi would not. <laughs> Yeah, in, the in theory, I totally get that. that. That's the thing that confuses me here, because it's like, okay, if that is true, if like, because I know the theory behind that, like an AI, for example, that has a utility function, doesn't want to change, like, I understand that. But since I am okay with being wireheaded, it mm -hmm. sort of seems to me like one of us, possibly, like, we could be very different, but like one of us is probably wrong, right? One of us is probably imagining a mental state and a reaction to it that isn't actually the reaction you would have, right? That does not necessarily have to be true because this is a case where it's a, it's a it, it, in cases where the, it's a values thing, you don't have to agree, you know? If you genuinely have different values, you can come to a different conclusion even if you agree about the same things about reality. You may not yeah, have so, yeah, my, level I, I agree. to go higher than happiness. I totally agree. That's why I'm asking, like, how do you know what you think you know, right? That, that's sort of the question I'm here trying to ask him. Uh, how, how do you know this is actually what you want? It, it's okay. Well, did, did you have something you wanted to jump in on? Uh, we've kind of moved past that moment. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm sorry. So, you can bring mind. it back, though. I mean, we're still... Uh, <laughs> did you have a comment um, about wireheading? It was I have so a more meta-level observation as, on uh, the wireheading debate here. It wasn't so much about wireheading as um, what I'm hearing is like this undercurrent of uh, is pleasure good and can we trust it? <laughs> and uh, like what uh, do we value suffering or not? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Alex and I are having a discussion last night, which was along those lines um, where I, I found myself having a very strong... Um, desire that when people are discussing these things that they make a distinction between suffering and discomfort they're very different states one is productive and the other is destructive um i think with wireheading that's probably a very strong factor that i'm not really hearing considered it's just kind of being left out um because all pleasure is not equal right all suffering or discomfort, all suffering is not suffering. I think people <laughs> use these terms way too broadly. Yeah. Um, so last night uh, when Inyash and I were talking about my previous discussion with Alex, I said that um, for one thing is like uh, the difference between anxiety, fear, and terror for me, where I'm like anxiety, I can control to a degree it, it is something that um, builds to overwhelming. Whereas when I feel fear, I have an immediate uncontrollable reaction. And terror would be that beyond uh, uncontrollable. <laughs> Where like, yeah. uh, I don't even have the ability to be embarrassed because I'm still screaming. Yeah, so yeah. um, <clears throat> when, we're talk when you're talking about wireheading, I just... It sounds like uh, the discussion isn't nuanced enough. Yeah, the language barrier is so frustrating. Or I, I, identity uh, is a term too. Yeah. Like, there's, I, I, sorry, I don't know if this is 
illustrative example, but have, have either of you guys ever been blissed out on psychedelics or MDMA? No, for broadly the same reasons I don't support wireheading for myself. See, I, if, if wireheading were a thing I could try for an afternoon, I might do it. In fact, I definitely would if it was safe, right? Just to see what it was like. Assu uh, again, assuming that people didn't come out of it saying, my life will never be meaningful again. That was the best ever, whatever. If it was a, a safe thing to come in and out of. But I once took well over the recommended dose of MDMA and your thoughts feel awesome. Your body feels awesome. It's about as close to orgasm as I could imagine we can get without literally putting wires in our brains. Mm -hmm. And even in the midst of that, when I could ground myself and remember that I was a person with a name and a history, like I, you know, I'm, I was glad my whole life wasn't like that, you know, cause not mm -hmm. everything that I, I get value and enjoyment out of was found in that, in that state. Now, I think if, we, if you steel man wireheading to say yes, but wireheading includes all of the other things, or even maybe just rewires you to not care about those things, that's that's a different thing. But it's me, not wireheading. Me, me as I am uh, doesn't want to live in perpetual bliss. Um, although that would make a fun occasional weekend, right? <laughs> well, well we, I, I sorry. Have you have you tried any of the like drugs MDMA that has gotten you into that quasi wirehead state? Me? Who me? Uh, why we cur? Uh, no, because uh, until nope, oh, I think we just lost him. Oh dear, we can't hear you. Yep, we have just lost Wyweaker's audio. Drat. Oh well. Uh, uh, can you still hear I mean, us, Wyweaker? Maybe you could just type. I mean, he's still in the voice channel, but uh, it says he hello. is on. Did, I, did I cut out? Hey, we oh, can hear you now. Okay, where did I cut out? Uh, very near the beginning, <laughs> right as you were starting to answer. All right, just give me a second. I'm just going to exit that building here. <laughs> um, oh, someone posted that pleasure is your brain's way of tricking you into uh, reproducing. Was that it? Reproducing your genes? Hmm. Just a little bit. Yeah. I like pleasure that. is a trick right. your DNA is playing on you to help it extend further into the future. Nice. <laughs> yes, go ahead. Yeah, so I was just going to say I have not tried anything like that because I'm actually scared of getting addicted to it, but that's not... I just want to make clear that I, that's not an argument against wireheading per se, because if I knew that I could like live like that for the rest of my life, then I would probably try it. But since I can't, it seems a bit Well, I mean, pointless you certainly to me. can live like that for the rest of your life if you don't mind your life being less than 80 years. I think that's what they're saying, though, yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. but I, I think that would be a net negative compared to a normal life. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I would never advocate drug use <laughs> without anyone doing tons of background homework and research. I'll just say very briefly that I don't think in my understanding and experience that you can get addicted to psychedelics like you get addicted to opioids or something, for example. Some people um, can, though. Some people can. There's definitely probably a risk. It's pretty rare. Um, you know, certainly you could wish you could do them more often or something. But I mean, one of the fun things about MDMA that prevents that is that apparently you know, the human brain, for whatever reason, seems to only have a couple dozen, maybe three dozen rolls in them or three you know times where they can get really uh rush off of it in a lifetime and then your brain just stops it stops working for people who've done it a bunch hmm. so that said if you're desperately chasing that dragon and take a ton i'm sure it could probably still kill you even if you're not getting whatever the, the experience from it but you're not an expert so an do tons of homework before doing any drugs it's an interesting comment that yeah, i mean we... i mean just oh sorry uh well i was just gonna say it's interesting that you said you're not you think it would still be net negative i, I think that means almost that you might not be quite a wireheader because 
I would assume someone who is like super <laughs> wireheaded. Like, if I could work up enough money so that I could just be blissed out on MDMA for 10 years straight and then die, that probably would be net positive for the wireheader because 10 years of bliss is probably better than the next 60 years of just working and struggling through life and getting older like everyone else in the world. Okay, I mean, like that depends on your life, right? You, you yeah. can certainly have a better life than the description you gave there, or at least I think so. I mean, I would be super into having a longer length discussion on it um, at some point. Uh, I, I'm not saying to shut it down now, but this sounds like there's there's a lot more to explore here. And I need to articulate my, my thoughts on wireheading and stuff before I can engage with it too much longer. But well, that's just me. I, so. I did want to... Um... Just because I feel like with the discussion of discomfort and suffering and all that, I feel like we may, might not be operating on, on quite the same understanding of what we're talking about with wireheading. Because when I'm talking about wireheading, what, what I'm trying to say is that you are in a state where you are feeling a sufficient amount of pleasure that no conceivable state that you could be in would be better than the one you are in in your preference order. So it's like you, nothing that could possibly happen would make you happier than you are right now. So so when I talk about like you you have no suffering or you have no discomfort, what, what I literally mean is you cannot want anything more than you currently have. So uh, whether you conceptualize that as a limit on your desires or a maximum point on your pleasure scale and, or two different things that are happening at the same time, that is what I am trying to talk about when I talk about wireheading. It sounds so boring. What I'm hearing is that since Wes is our resident wireheader, we should just get him on for an episode about wireheading. And why we yeah. care. Yeah, yeah, I, I think perhaps so. And I, uh, I when you were talking about um you know being maximally blissed out and couldn't possibly want anything different this little voice in my head was like yeah but our our brains are adaptive machines so sooner or later that's why i don't think hell would work yeah well yeah I, you assume you turn that part off for the good wire heading you know you part of the wire burns out the part of your brain that adapts to things i guess I <laughs> so so does the hell that, that, that was bart yeah. simpson's comeback is like like easing into a hot bath like yeah. you just get used to it <laughs> but i imagine that if you're a clever clever satan you you turn off the part that gets used to it yeah maybe, maybe we, sh we should uh look at current research with um actual uh brains of living beings and kind of take it from there with our wireheading discussion yeah, like I think maybe in the going... realm of possibility would be kind of interesting place to start nah, if we're going probably... full transhuman future <laughs> you can make whatever brain you want well i don't know i mean even beyond the point of like uh, it is bad form to say the, the efficacy of my argument has nothing to do with the nature of reality. But I do think this is kind of a, this is an argument that takes place on a, in a perfect philosophical sphere that's sitting on a perfect philosophical plane. You know, it's it's yeah. not. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. It, 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 it's not really concerned by such constraints. It's you're feeling really good and you can't feel any better. The, how that's happening is not part of the question. Okay, but for me, that's unusual for rationalists to have that kind of discussion. 
we're not, is, we're not, not saying you can't. We're, we're not I'm immune saying, from huh. intellectual circle or intellectual masturbation. This is, <laughs> Thank this you. is very true. Like, huh. this, also, this is petition to rename it from uh, wireheading to intellectual masturbation. Okay. <laughs> well, they're, they're different things. You can you can you can intellectually get off on whatever random thing you want to. Uh, talk, I meant it ma mainly in the sense of just engaging in, in pointless thought experiments just for the fun of burning an afternoon talking about it. But I mean, um, I, I, I hate to bring, I don't hate to bring this up. I really like to bring this up. Uh, in the uh, book club channel, they were just reading um, 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 Stephen Watts's Blind Sight. Quick question. Could anyone post real quick? Have you gotten to the point where you can talk about the full book or are people still working through the last chapters? And Peter Watts. Yes, I think I said Peter Watts. I meant to anyways. Uh, is it okay to talk about the full book now? Or are people still uh, in the reading the final chapters version of the this book club? Since no one's typing, I'll answer that quick question. What was your favorite example of a time when you changed your opinion on something? <laughs> um, the first one that came to mind, this was early in my days of waking up as a sentient person. I mentioned in the Worth the Candle non-spoiler channel that I didn't really come online as a person until I was 20-something. Um, so maybe earlier than that, I was listening to a libertarian podcast and the guy was fun. It was laid back and he had made some comment about how the, uh, the wage gap between men and women getting paid was like horse shit, like, and obviously on its face because he's like, you're telling me that Walmart, the super selfish corporation wouldn't take the opportunity to save 25% of their income by just hiring exclusively women. Like, <laughs> and so I was like, wait a minute, this guy's not on, like, this guy's denying the way the wage gap exists. Fuck this. I got out of there. And so I, uh, he basically stopped, you know, I, I don't know if I'd unsubscribed or if he stopped posting stuff shortly thereafter, but, um, it wasn't until like years later when I was learning more about it, about the nuances of the, of the wage gap that, uh, that I realized that I dismissed it only because I had in my head that, oh no, this is a, a real thing. Women get paid 77 cents on the dollar. For, you know, and it, it was as simple as that. It turns out that there's more nuance there. And that's where this guy was coming from. And just to me, I came into it from a very politically charged point of view and, and dismissed him as being just some blind shill for the for the wrong opinion, where in fact, I think I was closer to that. Um, now that said, the way there's, that's not saying that there's no wage gap, it's just saying that you can't hire, uh, you, you couldn't fire your staff that include was was mostly men and hire all women and pay them 70, 77 cents the dollar that you're paying men uh that's if that was doable somebody would have done it by now and they would have saved a lot of money right when right. we get paid on average for other reasons that some are correctable and some are are convoluted but it wasn't that that straightforward so um that's hey, just because it's convoluted doesn't mean it's not correctable growth mindset exactly right. <laughs> yeah, there are industries that are largely uh manned by women that <laughs> Words are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so the, like the, the whole healthcare industry, uh, yeah. you know, like cleaners, yeah. <laughs> uh, education, care, education. Yeah. Manned by women is a funny sentence. A, like in, in tech and other like industries where you can calculate work and like how long this will take per person of working on it. it one unit is man hours. Yeah. And that's what we use at my company. And my team is, now 20% women and we've talked about it and because I never Man heard the term until women. I started like my first week and I was like you guys have like four women engineers here you guys call it man hours and he's like yeah we know they don't we've asked they don't care and I'm like they might say that though because you're their boss hmm. anyway so I asked uh and it's it's one person she doesn't mind it 
Um, but I, I don't know why you would stick to that when person hours works the same. <laughs> Human right? hours. Yeah, well, um, doesn't like, man, like mankind and that have a generic, you know, this species? It, tried to it does, do but, but humankind isn't all that much harder to say. And yeah, it almost true. sounds more formal. I really think they're going to pay but, you. And I sound stupid. You really think they're going to pay all this, uh, the, the additional wages for you saying an extra syllable every time you say person hours? Ridiculous. Only if you're a guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I think I clicked something. Uh, I can get us back to where we were. Uh, but no, the reason I brought up Blindsight is because uh, everyone is saying it's more or less okay uh, to, to mention it. Uh, at the end of the book, I'm, I think this comes up even before the end of the book, but basically, uh, maybe like plug your ears for the next 30 seconds if you don't want to hear this. Uh, basically, uh, all of humanity uh, that's back on Earth is putting itself into a wirehead state and just checking out of existing anymore. And that is like... I mean, the whole book is about consciousness. So this is like, are those humans still conscious? And uh, it's an interesting question that the book asks. And I think it was like, for the people that have read to the end and are pro-wireheading, do you consider uh, Blindsight to have a good ending? Because basically the entire human species is wireheading itself. The other the other happy ending story like that is um, uh, Three Worlds Collide. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Mm. The... Although I'm Inyash... having a really hard time paying attention to the conversation with like who woo 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 TT. <laughs> Inyash broke broke one of the conventions of of fair intellectual masturbation, which is you drop the c word. You're not supposed what? to do that. Oh, consciousness. Consciousness. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because that always gets us dragged off onto another exactly. big giant hole of conversation. And it strikes me this is going to be really weird to listen to if you don't also have the chat to read. Yeah, we're responding to the chat a lot. Oh, yeah, which... the who with the question. Inyash, we've got a quick question for you, then I want to jump to this next one. Okay. Oh, Inyash, how much uh, of shift to libertarianism do you attribute to David, the king of economics, who is also my co-host on the Mind Killer podcast? Is that his title? Uh, <laughs> maybe. I... The economic. Officially? This is the man of spears, yes. Dave, yeah. yeah, David, the economic model is his current <laughs> nickname on the Discord. Um, uh, not that much. Maybe... Five percent. I would say the mid. Mm, okay, a good forty percent is just generally aging and interacting with the capitalist system a lot, and realizing that there's a lot of forces that that push people in a way that make would make a uh, strict communism untenable. But also that our current government is really, in my opinion, getting in the way of things. So part of it is just uh, you know having more experience with capitalism as it is. Uh, uh, another good 40 to 45% is reading Scott Alexander because gosh, he's a convincing writer. Uh, even when he's wrong, I don't know if he's wrong about this, but he's been, he has the anti-libertarian FAQ. He does. Which is funny because he is like, he's basically a libertarian. Yes. <laughs> and so, yeah, reading his writings has really pushed me quite a bit there. So I'd say a small majority of it is due to Scott Alexander. And then, you know, the other 5% would be David. What's fun about Scott Alexander is he's like the Superman of Steel Manning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he can write a very compelling argument for something that he would never endorse. Um, then this other one was from Phoenix that I, I saw when it came up, and then I'm glad you bumped it again to get it back on the radar. Yeah, please um, let's stop talking about wire <laughs> So <laughs> what's the area in life that you're growing the most slash where growth is most important right now? Um, so I, I wish I'd thought of an answer before I brought that up. Uh, man of <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Like, I have one, if you want more time. 
Yeah, I've got a I've got a crabby half answer, so go right ahead. I feel like Phoenix knows mine, but uh, for the rest of y'all, I'm actually working a lot on trying to feel my emotions and be able to name them. There's this like this common thing that like you get from certain types of childhood and certain types of just neurotypes where a lot of my life I uh, was really completely dissociated from my emotions. And I I think a lot of that had to do with um, sort of, you know, like the thing of roles and families. Uh, Basically, my parents like thought that they could win any argument by or like they, they they could, they had the power because children don't have power to win any argument by saying, because I'm the parent near the kid and mm-hmm. that's why. And if I showed any emotion, that would further prove their point that like, uh, you know, emotions are bad and childish. So I had to sort of suck all my emotions deep within me to the point where I couldn't even like, I, I got so good at this that I couldn't even see or feel my own emotions. Oh, damn. <laughs> and I'm still working my way through that, trying to be like, I guess I am a person with feelings meditation has helped with that a lot where uh the noting practice of uh sitting waiting for something to come up and then first of all categorizing it as a thought or a feeling and then pleasant or unpleasant and then you can take it another level and say what specifically it's like okay um thinking uh planning pleasant uh feeling um anxious unpleasant (laughs) and it sounds really stupid but sitting there doing that for a long time is a really good way of like getting a deeper you know getting more sentient i guess like becoming more aware of your own like deep sub-level processes i think that's a really badass like level up to recognize in yourself and then not merely recognize and say oh that sucks um but then to go on and and uh like say okay well i found it that's that now let's actually try and do something about it i think that's awesome um I mean, I, I don't have anything quite so profound. I, it's so horrible to try to talk about it, though, because words. <laughs> I think I, I think I picked up what you were putting down. Um, but, I mean, yeah, mine, mine are less uh, inter- like in, introspective, I think. Like, part of me, I want to grow enough professionally, and I'm at a really good spot in my career with my current job to, to actually get good at what I'm doing. Um, so I'm trying to maximize the opportunity there. And while well, at the same time, I think just... Like, yeah, get good is a good way to put it, wizard. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I, I, I'm, I like in a not so, uh, I don't know, math, math, mathy or um, heavily articulate way, just trying to maximize like the positive impact I have on the people around me and in the world in general. Um, like I could just do that by giving to charities or whatever. And I do some of that, but like, it's, it's more. Uh, Channeling I, Mr. Rogers. I, I think, yeah, I want there to be more Mr. Rogers vibe in the world. And so I, I'm, I try to be a little, uh, I, I'm, I'm working to try and actually put effort into that. What about you, Inyash? Oh, man, I'm a mess. There's a lot of things <laughs> I'm trying to work on. Um, I'm a mess, too. Yeah. It's okay. Okay. We can all be messes. I, I would like to get back into writing, which is something I haven't done in quite a while, and it's proving challenging. Uh, I would like to become more optimistic about uh, the future of well, I mean, me specifically, but humanity <laughs> in general. Just, I I found that I used to be much more full of energy and like, ah, saving the world is going to be great and awesome. And now oftentimes I feel myself being sort of nihilistic and fatalistic about things. And I don't like that, but it's also hard to combat. And it feels a lot like when I was depressed, uh, you know, earlier in life in my teens and early 20s, but I don't think it's quite the same thing. So I don't know. That's the thing I would like to work on. 
I would like to actually get this is up. not the quarter life crisis. You're at the midlife crisis now. I am actually at the midlife crisis. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna die. That sucks. For, <laughs> for what it's worth, I I helped balance some of that with the right combination of antidepressant meds. So yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's again like I I take a lot of inspiration from from Jace's example because it's like not just having identified a hard to hard to see problem. Right? Aww, but then was so hard sweet. to articulate problem. But well, hard, hard, hard to articulate, but even hard to notice. You know, like that's the kind of thing many people don't introspect to that level, right? But you didn't, you didn't merely stop at identifying it. You said, "How can I actually work on and fix this?" Yeah. And so, well, you know, you know, like just in general, you know, if there's anything that you want to try and work on, like you can, you can always try and chase down like an actual solution, right? Yeah. And you've got a, a cohort of people who are, you know, around to try and help. So. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I like surrounding myself with smart people. Yeah, <laughs> as a as a life strategy, it's worked out really well. I'm also not sure how much of it is just due to the fact that I really I seem to get a lot of enjoyment in life by being around people, and I haven't been able to do that for over a year. Oh, that's like the state of the world right now. Oh, so nice Fact this pandemic. It was so nice being <laughs> with uh, Alex and David yesterday. We drove up and just hung out with them for like three hours, and it was fucking amazing. I'm looking forward to getting back to that too. So Every maybe it's that. I'm on this podcast. My my therapist pointed it out, but like they're like, hey, like I noticed that every time you talk about this podcast, you do like your whole face lights up. And I was just like, yeah, it's like, you know, the thing of hanging out with friends, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> that like that, that aren't just the same people that you see every day. Also, not that like I live with Phoenix. I love Phoenix and like we have a great relationship, but then like there's also something cool about having novel people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. Everyone's chasing the strange. Well, I, I would like to also like be less of chasing the strange. <laughs> I would also That's like a very unromantic way to put it. I would like to be less of someone who's always trying to please everyone because I kind of like that about myself. But oh I also my God, I could talk to you not about being that. able to say no sometimes is bad. And then like sometimes I got to bring up something to someone, but I don't want to. So I put it off for weeks and that just makes things worse. That's but... another thing I've been working on for a long time is not being such a horrible goddamn people pleaser. Mm. whole lifetime of unlearning. Like, and then every now and then you just snap because you've been pleasing for so long. And then everyone's yeah. like, oh, my God, you asshole. I'm like, no, damn it. Well, that's it. it builds up resentment. But yeah. that's part of the whole like noticing emotions thing is that I wouldn't notice the resentment building up. And then like I would suddenly just lash out at like my loved ones. And it's like, wow, I don't want to be an asshole like that anymore. But then there's this whole process of having to untangle it all the way down to your childhood. And yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I it's interesting. I talked about like, you know, trying to be all rosy and optimistic in the world. And I don't struggle as at least as much as I did, e even at all. I mean, I don't, I don't have an opportunity really to please people, you know, since no one goes outside to talk to people anymore. But, um, <laughs> like I, I used to be, uh, definitely a doormat and I don't know what switched in me. I, so like, I'm, I, I, I try to put positivity and, and light into the world. And at the same time, I have no trouble being just a, a hot, you know, put my foot down asshole if something actually matters or is really annoying i really value that about uh, you i well i appreciate it i i don't quite know someone is asking me for advice on how to like do that with an interpersonal issue and i didn't really know like i told them like i don't know if i can articulate how i get yeah. to exactly where i am and even if i could i don't know if it's advice i could i would want to give because i think part <laughs> of it is that i give like i i sort of don't care enough about enough things so like if something, yeah. you know, no, I totally I relate to that. I think Felix was asking me about stoicism 
the other day and I was just like, or I've had this come up before too, where someone's like, how do you get good at stoicism? And I was like, well, I really don't want to give anyone the advice that worked for me, but have one of your best friends die. (laughs) Like (laughs) it's not good. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if you're, if you had something like that, that like made the switch or if it's just more that you can't articulate what happened though, or you don't remember. I mean, it's more just, I, I think that like, I, I, I don't quite know exactly when the, I don't, don't know what exactly the switch was. I can't think of roughly when it happened. Um, I would have been 22 huh. or 23 or younger, 21, something somewhere in there. Um, but like the, the, I don't know, it, it's, it's hard to articulate, but I, like I said, if it was a pill, I could give someone to give to somebody to say here, now you have the same attitude towards these things that I do. I don't know if I'd give people that pill. Cause I think part of it includes like, just not giving a shit about, but, but that's actually not great. Right. There are some things you should give, give a shit about. And yeah, but uh, there's a lot of things that you shouldn't. That... <laughs> yeah. But like, I think if you have no, no fucks to give whatsoever, then you're in kind of a bad spot. Cause it means right. you just can't care about stuff, but I'm, I'm not exactly there, but I, I, I wonder if I'm on that precipice. So um, it's good to get calibration on. I think like, yeah, it's, it's like a really delicate balancing act. A lot of these things, like, you definitely don't want to be too much of a doormat. You definitely don't want to be too much of a bully or narcissist or whatever the opposite of a doormat is. We had another question. Do we want to hit that one? Yeah. Suppose that reincarnation exists. For your next life, you get to choose the country, but not the parents. Veil of ignorance style. What is your pick? Oh, yes. man, that's a hard question. I am not uh, educated enough about the world to have a good answer to this question. A first world nation? yeah usa usa well no it's it's not really a hard question for me i would choose the usa i I, really yeah (laughs) i feel like i feel like hating on the us hating the us hipster don't get me wrong i feel like there's lots of stuff to complain about definitely and 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 not merely complain but to to have right gripes about norway was a good answer yeah switzerland a lot of those like zero with world country or yeah Yeah. um you know if if we're gonna say first world is us possibly um um, singapore Singapore would be interesting because yeah. they do have a very like uh, Singapore is so weird. I really want to visit. Yeah, like like I want to. I almost want to say Japan. People are very happy. Yeah, right. Japan I kind of want to say Japan just because it's such an interesting culture, despite the xenophobia and the sexism. It's still like and the high rates of depression. So yeah, yeah. You know, there, there's there's bad things, but man, they have this. But it's fucking yeah. Their their history is fucking yeah. awesome. Their culture is so rich. Their yeah. music is really good. Yeah. Why were you thinking USA though? Well, because it still has the highest standard of living by far. It's uh, is got, that true? Yeah, I think so. Um, Does anyone in the chat know whether the U.S. At, has at least the highest standard of living on average? And what standard of living, like baseline yeah. income? <laughs> well, so yeah, I guess that's what I meant. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily include things like your health care or how stressed you are in life. But yeah, I was measuring it more in terms it's of Norway. A combination is it Norway? That makes sense. In combination of things like uh, GDP and uh, political freedom and things. I think overall, and and the ability to affect the world, uh, also just right now, I mean, being that it is the the current ruling empire of the world gives it a lot of advantages. Does Sealand count as a first world nation? Uh, maybe? Huh. Sealand? What is Sealand? Isn't that the, like, there's like two people in their population? <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. It's an offshore platform in the North Sea. Yeah, it's the, like, artificial I would not island. want to be a baby on an offshore platform. <laughs> maybe not yeah <laughs> you don't get to pick your parents yeah yeah in this uh thought experiment i feel like i i really love to i mean this is just sort of related to my curiosity thing and the whole like i wish that i could 
experiment with wireheading just to see what it's like. I wish I could see what other people's brains are like. Like, wouldn't it be cool to jump in other people's heads? Yes. And see whether like their th- just process of thinking is basically the same as yours or totally alien and different. It would be really cool to jump in other people's bodies. Me and Charlie already have a pact. Yeah. Once the transhuman future comes. It's happening. Oh, yeah. fuck yeah. Bobby switching. Same with me and Rachel. Nice. Although I think that she's uh, like... I think she, she agreed much without thinking about it because she doesn't think it's likely to happen. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how likely I think it is back to happen. Once it happens. I don't, I don't I think, think she will, but I think she kind of agreed. She's like, yeah, sure, you know, whatever. But I'm like, okay, you realize, you know, I'm, I'm being serious, right? Okay. Just living in a black person's body count as blackface. Wizard is trying to get us canceled. Nice yeah. try. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, I feel like in. I wish I could just sort of do the experiment a bunch of times and just see what my life would be like if I were born in uh, Bolivia versus uh, I keep for some reason I keep thinking of South America because it's been on my mind lately. <laughs> I mean, like pa- Bolivia, Venezuela. Part of my answer is the fact that I was born Portugal? in Poland and uh, my parents immigrated here when I was pretty young, and I can compare like how my uh, yeah. Do you my remember relatives... Poland? No, not at all. We moved out when I was six months old, Dang. and then we moved out of Germany when I was like three possibly four oh, i didn't even know you were i thought you just went right from poland to u.s no they were in a refugee camp in germany for a oh, while shit. although saying that word it you think of like tents and shit no this was like a uh like an a, upscale refugee camp it was an apartment <laughs> block that wasn't being used for anything else and so right. the government put people in there uh it was you know it, there was a whole program of taking in refugees from the soviet bloc countries to weaken them uh and it seems to have worked but yeah i compare my life and how it's gone versus like some of my cousins that are the same age that stayed in poland and I'm like, this was just pretty much on every metric a better life. Yeah. Uh, well, that's maybe good to know for you. Yeah. Sucks for the other people. Mm. That's, that's what I was going to say about like shitting on the US. It's, don't get me wrong. There's lots to shit on, but I don't like the history of like, oh, the US is the worst. Because mm. yeah. I, I feel like that just can't be true because we've got people trying to get into the US <laughs> and you don't try and kick your way into a shitty, you know, nightclub. You just, you leave. Um, so the u.s the less shitty country yeah so yeah don't get me wrong uh, yeah I, yeah D- johnny not saying the best it's uh, much harder for people in guatemala to kick their way into norway <laughs> valid um yeah i mean it, part of it's walking distance right or you know commu- you know yeah, non-sea yeah. commute distance. that's a good point people also try to get into the one percent and they also suck. wait I, the, you're saying that the one percent also sucks for clarification right no, they're saying the people who try to become the one percent. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I think that's unfair to both the people who try and to the one percent. Some of them don't suck. I have um my dad has two sisters and they both married rich guys and they are so goddamn different. And I hope they never listen to this part. Well, the, the cool ones can listen to it. But uh <laughs> there's like there's the one couple that just like travels the world and has lots of awesome experiences and meets lots of people and like they use their money, I think like to make themselves and others happy whereas the other family is the like sitcom level like crazy billionaires who uh, are like really stressed out because they have to throw a great garden party with martha stewart uh, and like they're like on a weird diet where they only eat artichoke hearts yeah. <laughs> poor children it's wild man and why i unmuted you if you want to join the poor children who went to ivy league schools and you know have great jobs and i think you have but, to give yeah. them the live guest role as well oh whoops stand by uh, oh hello Oh, hey, hey, how you doing? Save us from this train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. I'm going to plunge into it deep, I thought. Oh, no. Uh-oh. No, that could be fun, too. Yeah. So, well, I have a question about the Discord server, actually. 
what do you think the main aspirations for, to get people to enjoy themselves, to get uh, solid good vibes with each other, or to perfect the craft of rationality? So what's the point of the Discord server, you're asking? Yeah, yeah, as main aspiration, well, what would you picture like uh, the good... Um, I think I, that... Go ahead. Pro- a group I progression? Getting people to uh, get uh, work... <sighs> Getting people together that are aware of rationality, interested in it, and therefore that would make them better at it, would make them happier. And it's fun to do. I, I would just say all of the above, which is a lazy answer, but I think the right one. I kind of like how um, the Bayesian Conspiracy split off from the Bayesian University, and one is kind of the community channel, and one is more of the like instrumental channel. Yeah, I think that there's a place for both. Yeah, I I would say like the opposite. I would say none of the above. (laughs) I I just like the Discord server to be here for people to, you know, chill and chat if they want to. I don't I don't have any goal for it personally. Uh, Maybe you other you guys do or we have no control over it. Also, like, well, 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 okay. (laughs) I guess we have some amount of control over it. But like if we're not like the dictators of the Discord, so. I mean, we could oh, no, never wanted to moderate no, anything. That's way too so. much responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things I like about it is that there, there's very few rules and it's more of a society policing itself kind of thing. And I know if it ever got, if it ever grew really quickly, that couldn't be the case anymore. We'd be stuck in an eternal September kind of situation. But since it's only been growing by, you know, a few people every week at most, uh, it's been just fine. And I'm happy with that. Being happy is a pretty nice goal. <laughs> eh. It's yeah, okay. okay yeah. I love uh, what Jan Christian said. What did he say? Come for the intellectual stuff, stay for the community. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know what? Humans learn through interaction really well. Yeah. That makes some solid lessons. So right there with you, bro. I mean, yeah, again, I made like community matters. Oh super does. Uh I think like some of the best choices I've made in my life have been ones that have been intentionally selecting communities. Like uh, when I was in Jersey, choosing to drive an hour to and from the Philly uh, less wrong groups was super worthwhile investment. And actually, uh, I have Ineash to thank for like encouraging me to do it. I was really scared to come to my first live like in-person rationalist meetup because I was like, oh no, I'm going to be the dumbest person in the room. And I was, but being the dumbest person in the room is awesome. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, it's going to be embarrassing and people are going to not like me. But then I realized that like, this is a great community because you can be the dumbest person in the room and people can still like, you know, like if, if you're there to learn from other people, uh, I was like, I, I felt so welcomed. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. John, Johnny's hitting hitting the nail on the head. And I'm glad to have, have usurped the role of dumbest person in the room, Jace. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. But yeah, uh, I just saw, I, I, I put cake emoji to it. Evelyn said, question, if you could create a world, planet, universe that's per- perfect for you personally, what would it be like? And I can't answer that other than to say that you're asking us to, like, quick, define utopia. And I don't know, I don't have a good quick answer. But the quick answer that came to mind, which I don't know if I endorse, but I'm just going to play with it, is this one. The world's pretty cool. Like, I, feel, I feel like if there are more areas where you wouldn't just die from being outside naked in 20 minutes, like it'd be <laughs> just a better planet overall. Maybe. Like m- almost all of the planet, just if, if I were to drop you somewhere at random, you would die in just a few minutes. I don't know about especially just a considering, few minutes, but, Well, especially considering most well, of it's yeah, ocean. Most water. of it is ocean, but yeah. I can swim pretty good. My my ideal world. two hours. <laughs> <laughs> my ideal world would definitely have optional PvP. 
So you could could turn it off and be immune to violence from other people. I did. Oh, I thought you were going to say you could turn it on and go on Grand Theft Auto mode. No, 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 no. Like the world we're in right now has non-optional PvP. This This is is a gladiator universe we're in. No, I I did really love playing. uh, I played Ragnarok online for six, seven years. I was addicted to it. Um, It's just like your basic MMORPG. Uh, That was awesome. Yeah. I wish that the you know like I. What is the genre that? Worth the candle is uh oh uh litfic yeah if if the world was not more litfic um, jesus Sorry. it's definitely not litfic no no no, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm a lit rpg lit, lit RPG, rpg thank you yeah I, if the world lit were mo- more of a lit uh, god damn it more lit of a, rpg lit, more of a lit rpg that would be cool like because i really the thing i really enjoy is learning stuff and leveling up hmm. and having like that being able to pull down a stat counter uh and like pick a class path and like equip the right gear and you know just get like the reason video games are so rewarding as opposed to real life is just that you have that feedback i've recently become like really enamored of recent decades i think this started with my like being nostalgic for the 90s and i know that's because i was just a teenager at that time and everyone loves their teenage years once they get older but like once they get older but no. No. when you get to be my age, yeah, exactly. You're like back in my day, I didn't have to pay rent or feed myself. My life has just been getting better and better. Like I occasionally would think, like it has been definitely. I fantasized about. Okay, this is. I think it's really fun to uh, fantasize about. What if you, your current self, could jump back into like your middle school self and do it over? Mm. I would do it. I would Bitcoin. not because I would be a different person. Like, Bitcoin. Oh, well. <laughs> It'd be worth reliving the last twenty years to be able to invest heavily in Bitcoin. Well, but that's basically but... just saying I wish I was rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I part but, of but I'd be, but I'd be, I'd be willing to relive the last twenty years, and you know, even try and dodge some of the mistakes I made or something, mm-hmm. and then be a you know have have ninety million dollars right now. See, I've kind of become enamored, like I said, of recent decades. Like I've been watching movies set in the eighty or made in the eighties, and movies made in the seventies a little bit. We watched Dirty Harry recently, we did. which was not a very good movie. But gosh, the seventies weren't interesting time. Yes, and I like now. I just kind of want to jump back and live in various decades of my choosing for a while, just because that would be I, cool. Yeah, it would be really neat to experience those cultures firsthand. It's kind of the same of thing. Just reading of about them, being able to like relive your life in different countries. One thing our Earth is missing: magic. Yes, <laughs> if there was just some Science magic, that'd be a lot of magic, fun. though. Look, we we have cell phones. It, it don't. We yeah, have telepathy. That's, basically, that's, that's cool. We we have telepathy. <laughs> we can fly. But, but you know, if you could work hard to train up your telekinesis, or yes, yeah, so, I mean, science is magic that works. And if there was if there was magic, it would become a science, right? Mm-hmm. But and and maybe I think that there's something to be said that it only feels like, uh, you know, magic is is fun and attractive because it's this mysterious unknown thing and that if we could bring it into our world and bring it part of the mundane it would just be like oh yeah you know sure you can go to school for five years and learn how to move things with your mind or you can just go to the gym and weight lift and move them with your body right yeah friendship is magic though coy is the kind of these are the kind of riffs that i think that uh make i i always put a smile on my face reading through the uh um he did the black heart the uh the chat let's see wait lucas uh, not lucas sorry uh man and white is still in the channel i'm sorry were there were there you had other things the conversation we're doing well but if if we ask the same question about utopia i still have a soft spot for the jack fresco vision of uh, project venus i know Never. it's utopia, but if i have to pick utopia i've graduated to that one okay project venus yeah can you tell us about that i don't know that oh it's quite an individual. I think you would like uh, to hear him talk. 
Is it a a uh, book series? Yeah, yeah, going. Yeah, uh, he released a book, but uh, thanks, uh, Xoranda. Yeah. Oh, I'm definitely gonna have to go back through this chat after the uh, episode. There's a bunch of yeah, I'm first of all, good memes I need to scrape, and then like. Fresco <laughs> <laughs> was uh, one of the main reasons what pushed me for, to change my mind of uh, well, the uh, topic of reveal. Huh. Thanks to Empires too, but uh, I'm intrigued. Yeah, I definitely got to read this now. I got to say, uh, Zorander, when so uh, Jace mentioned the or no, uh, Enosh mentioned who mentioned uh, university. Oh, it was Jace mentioned University of Bays. Mm. Zorander started that, and this is what I pictured the University of Bays <laughs> looking like hmm. in my head. Yeah, <laughs> so you know, <laughs> Men in White. I'm just kind of curious. I, I've always sort of wondered this, but never you know had a chance to ask you. Is the the your avatar a picture of you? Uh, no, it's uh, JD from Scrubs. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was very small on my phone. I, I was gonna say you are a good-looking man, but uh, I guess JD is a good-looking man. <laughs> I just wanted to put forth in the Utopia discussion, uh, Omelas, not because I think it would be especially pleasant compared to all the other ones, but because as a moral philosopher who did moral philosophy for a little while, that's the one I have to pick as punishment for my sins. <laughs> mm. I mean, wait, are you the kid though, or are you the one who walks away? That's the trouble. There's just a random chance that I'm one or the other. I know. Mm-hmm. It's a very I'm small chance that I'm the kid, though. I like Scott Alexander's argument that it is literally better than the actual world we have in every way, but I just I can't read that story and and, and feel, feel good, good about, about it. it. Yeah. yeah. Man, um, I mean, it, it, it's like two paragraphs where we see the kid actually discussed, but just the the cognitive dissonance that all the people have is very upsetting. Yeah. It is. It's it's so ominous feeling. Uh. Scott Alexander had a, I don't, I don't wonder if anybody, you know, you smart people who are fast at computers, maybe could remember what this was called and post a link, but he did a uh, Conworld project Oh yeah, yeah. that like he, he, it was his take on what a utopia could look like. Does anyone remember what that was called or happen to be able to grab a link and throw it in there? I don't remember the name of it. I think he detailed some parts of it in his post about the archipelago. Mm. I remember there used to be a link to it on like the the top bar of the old Slate Star Codex page. I don't know if it's still around. <laughs> Wizard. This was one that he de- that he like described that I don't know if he debunked it uh, or was interested in doing that. We uh, just want to point out have been going for over two hours now. Do we want to start wrapping it up? Yeah, I mean, whatever. I'm I'm going to keep going, uh, but if you're tired, no, I could. Oh, <laughs> yeah, nice. Uh, no, 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 it's good. We can keep going for a while longer. Still, I just wanted to, you know, give everyone a chance to chime in because there has been two hours. Yeah, has anybody not gotten on voice who wants to get on voice? Oh, things I learned by yeah. spending five thousand years in an alternate universe. Yeah, that's the one. Thanks, April. Thank you. I've got a, a economics question for everybody. I've seen like a 4,000% increase of the value of the Dogecoin I bought for fun like three months ago. Should I hold on to it and see if it keeps going up or should I sell it? <laughs> All right, we got one sell. So the thing is, if it ever hits like 10 bucks, I will make a fortune. Okay, <laughs> shit. Well, you guys are all saying to uh I don't know. I sell. kind of feel like you should keep it. Except for Johnny who says all coins increase in value forever. See, I, the thing is, I don't need a portion. It's really just like, do I want to like... I. But, uh, the, the the money now isn't life changing, and the money invested was basically nothing. So you know, I I could re- I could get a return on my investment, or I can just you know hold on to what I've got here, right? So first, Koi says sell. 
a few lines later, Koi says hodl. <laughs> Koi's trolling. Um, I don't know. You could you could do what I did with Bitcoin is when it got to a peak that I thought this is ridiculous. It's not going to get any higher. I sold half of it. So I didn't feel bad when it kept going up after that. And I mean, I felt a little bit bad, but not as bad as I would have if I sold it all. Tweet. Yeah, <laughs> right. Just like over the like the last three days, it went up like uh, from seven cents to 33 cents. Ridiculous. It's it's literally a joke currency. Like I I would I would sell, but that's just me. I'd keep it. See, I would buy would buy Bitcoin, but I don't expect Bitcoin to ever like three X in the next couple of years, right? Whereas if this if if Doge were to three X, it would just be worth a dollar, right? So like the the money that I would get from investing would be a would be a smaller return, even if Bitcoin continues to grow. I'm not. I'm clearly That's not. Well, the money. If people believe it, it costs that way. Yeah, it's true. I feel like if you're if you're not worried about that money and you don't need it for anything, I'd say just hang on to it. Like I've been continually impressed by how well the coins the, the fake coins <laughs> the imaginary coins that's that's all money thank you to all the people who said don't sell especially phoenix for telling me what i wanted to hear <laughs> <laughs> well phoenix uh i don't know phoenix do you want to jump on voice and talk about your bitcoin i, I love that um the, the... or just if you don't want a voice you could <laughs> yeah do it hi uh, hey. how's my audio quality right now it's Good. fine Okay, cool. Standard. Uh, my strategy is just like throw some money at the thing and then ignore it so it stops stressing me out. See, I um, did the opposite. I put a widget on the home screen of my phone. Yeah, oh my god! Don't, do don't do that. So like, I so I recently I ignored it for a year and then I checked recently and I was like, huh, my thousand dollars in Bitcoin is now ten thousand dollars in Bitcoin. Nice. Maybe I should pay attention to this like every two months. And so I set a reminder to pay attention to it every two months. <laughs> all right i'll take off the reminder off my phone to remind me what month is it now april it's the the price of the various things i have money in i will google at random when i think of it and sometimes that's like you know every week uh but sometimes i'll just go for two three months before remembering oh yeah let's see what bitcoin's up to i would at least say uh if you do cash out just take the cash and immediately put it in like a vanguard or something oh i would think i'd take it and you know take a fun like expensive weekend trip or something do something oh, stupid yeah i, I, put, I put my responsible money in vanguard I, I, this is this is money i got investing in dogecoin i don't know if <laughs> I, I think i might i might be ruining the the vibe if i do something responsible with it mm. that said if i mm, if it ever turns thanks. to 10 bucks and i've got 70k off of it or something then yeah i will invest it wisely yeah i was just after seeing this and looking at the charts for a bit a few days ago i was just thinking of putting $5 in like 30 different coins, just in case any of them do something ridiculous. Yeah, why the hell not? See, this is exactly the kind of thing that we should all be doing because we've all learned that we should have done this with Bitcoin, right? Now, granted, the market's different now on the number of coins, et cetera, but this is the kind of thing, and that's why I did it. I got 50 bucks worth in January just for fun because I was like, fuck it, I hear about this one, I might as well. Um, and this is exactly the kind of small thing where I got like, I don't know, 60 something or 6,000 something coins for it. And I'm like, yeah, this way, if they ever become a buck, hey, man, I made, you know, a quick fortune or a quick, uh, not fortune, but a, a nice turnaround of my 50 bucks from years ago. Right. I think April has a good point that I don't think easy come, easy go is good investment advice. Like yeah. if you ever get a windfall, yeah, the great thing to do is plow that thing back into some sort of investment or keep it where it is if you think it's going to keep going. But, uh, you know. Just winning something and then blowing it is, you know, 
a way to stay where you are forever. I feel bad for the people who you know made twenty five million dollars in the GameStop thing. Not for the rich people. Fuck them. The 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 low level mooks like me who made twenty five million dollars. I didn't make twenty five million dollars. I lost five hundred dollars. Oh. But I feel bad for the ones that made a fortune and then held, and now they're down to like you know something much more. Uh, reasonable but still you know life adjusting the problem but... with gamestop is it was based on the actual value of a real thing yeah <laughs> whereas dogecoin yeah. fake shit both girls advice is good uh is that the barbell strategy i think that was from um uh it's the guy who wrote black swan oh nasim talib i think that was a nasim talib thing anyway uh thanks phoenix no <laughs> <laughs> well it's good to hear your voice oh yeah agreed Oh, oh no! Another Aww. picture of us. How dare you? <laughs> ah, <laughs> sneak attack. Yep. Actually, that's the same picture. Nope. It's well, a slightly different one. I haven't. Yeah. I have my. The look on my face is slightly less goofy. <laughs> I haven't been wearing that shirt for at least an hour. When did, oh, when, when did you take this one? Derp. I always got a clean. I wish I'd been easy. like sitting up straight for that picture, but that's okay. No legs. Has yep. No legs. Little, little known fact about me. <laughs> nice. There you go. Oh, we're putting a picture of Charlie up too, so we can see the person been taking the pictures and chiming in now and then. Thanks. Did you all see that Reddit thread where it was like somebody took a picture of their two wrist tattoos and they're like, "Oh my god, how'd you take that picture?" And then there's a picture of him taking the picture by holding the phone with his like chin and chin and uh, chin and shoulder, mm -hmm. and they're like, "Hold on, how'd you take that picture?" And it goes like four more levels. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen the uh i think it was like on board panda i'm sure it's like everywhere but uh compilations of really awesome photo shoots and then like the picture of how it was done where like it'll be this like amazing picture of some i don't know cosplayer with like their hair blowing back and like water spraying and then like then they take like 10 steps back and there's a picture of like a rig that they have set up where there's a fan and like somebody like frantically sprinkling water on them mm -hmm. <laughs> thank you johnny links to the thing oh it's or the, like, actually in some very strange contorted position that like looked really great yeah oh my god oh, no, this is a different one but it's a similar sort of thing where they're just taking pictures further out and out this is very in line with my sense of humor and now i can't find... oh there it is there's charlie yay, yay. <laughs> it's only fair yeah <laughs> well, you look great mm -hmm. also Aww, i keep thanks. noticing that your jewelry is really cool oh thank you so first, this is a gift, and this is the first piece of jewelry I've bought for myself in like over a decade. Hell yeah. <laughs> if other people want to post pictures of themselves and put them in the chat, that yeah, would be really cute. That'd be mm -hmm. fun. Let's see each other's smiling, happy faces. I'd like to have faces to attach to some of these uh, names and avatars that I've been seeing a lot of. I look less like Thor than I wish I did. But that's okay. <laughs> Yawn. <laughs> you don't he have to find, to find clothes. clothes. You could just sort of get like a head and shoulders shot. <laughs> Where's my? Or you could just flex and send us a pex up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're down with that. <laughs> what are you looking for? I was looking for mine, but I'm lazy and can't find it. You can't find yourself. Oh, because I'm probably not. So you're not online. Yeah. It's very yeah. existential. Gonna... <laughs> Alexa, stop. You're, you're not on this podcast, lady. Alexa, <laughs> stop. <laughs> See, this is the sort of thing that if we were recording, we would have put a timestamp and cut it out. <laughs> that happens a lot, too. Yeah. It's like we get a random Alexa interruption like almost once and a podcast. I thought it was going to start again because we used it. Oh, yeah. Just, as soon as I said it, I was like, oh, no. Do not invoke the it. devil. No. Hey, man and wife. Thanks for your picture. Yeah. Bye. Awesome. Sharper looking. No smile. But not very white in the picture, so I can see why you use the avatar. He was, saying something? Wait, he was saying something. 
I don't know. You asked for a smile, but this is all Karen can do. Okay. <laughs> is that you right now? Uh, I think this picture was taken about two months ago. Johnny. Okay. Johnny, what you up? look way different than I was picturing. I know I've seen pictures of Johnny before somewhere. Oh, yeah, at the Guild of Servants. He was in a video chat once. And I was like, that's Johnny. Johnny, also kind of wanted to apologize to you that one time we were playing um, Among Us. And I was like, oh, my God, you're so annoying. I'll just learn how to play. <laughs> but, like, th that was that was kind of mean of me. I'm sorry. I was just trying to learn how to play and have a good time. But, like, as soon as you stopped doing your thing, I was like, I now understand exactly why Johnny was doing that. Because we are losing horribly without his guidance. <laughs> hey, Waluigi. I discovered the Among Us Discord because mm -hmm. it's a little more. They, they launched a new level, so oh, I got thank me briefly God. interested in it again. Johnny says, "Rest assured, I literally had absolutely no memory of that event." And yeah, I've I've apologized to my sister for things that we did once when I was like seven. I, I was do like, that all the time. Yeah, I was racing down the hallway against you, and you were gonna pass me, so I held hey. out my hand to push oh, you back, and she's like, "What the fuck are you talking about, man? <laughs> I don't remember any of this." So oh. yes, I am glad to hear that. Phoenix's hair Phoenix's game is always pink. crazy on point. Oh, cool! We, yeah, we just did that. It's amazing. Yeah. It was it was going to be fade from red to bubblegum pink, but it turned out just really vibrant pink. Yeah. It's really awesome. Mm -hmm. Hey, Anne, I like your shirt. <laughs> I'm not sure if there's more words on there, but I like a shirt that just says "life." Oh, that's the first time April. I've seen April. I feel like I've seen April before, but I don't remember. It might have actually been the last time, like a million years ago, that we did a live episode. I think mm -hmm. we we tried to have a video. Or, or, okay, maybe it was just the fact that your face used to be here. <laughs> That's, yeah. That could be it. Yes, you now exist. <laughs> I don't. Hmm. Yeah, in my head, it's always been the um, the picture, the cartoon picture that someone drew after the whole uh, uh, Mindscape, Minecraft uh, debacle. Evelyn. But I know that was fairly recent. I don't know why I can't remember what the picture was before. Yeah, well. Well, that's a fun one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I not sure if it was intentionally Evelyn, your like halo that, is showing it... in that picture. Did you mean mm -hmm. to expose yourself? It looks pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's April really says cool. <laughs> Yeah, she had a profile picture change on a daily basis for a bit. That's probably why. When they oh, change frequently, boy. I just it's hey, hey, drops out of my head. God damn. I, I've been trying you to dress sharp. sharper. Yeah. <laughs> I've been trying I one of the things I learned during the Guild of Servants is that fashion is something I should focus on and is easier than i thought so i've been trying to dress better but you've been looking good i appreciate it but yeah. not that good yeah very few people are as good looking as koi it is known or at least those of us who have seen pictures of koi because everybody's is crazy about a sharp dressed man yeah <laughs> we should get together and have a guild uh not a guild a discord um karaoke night that would be so fun <laughs> that would be, that would be really great fun. but we'd have to fly everybody out here and that would be expensive I'm sure there's digital karaoke. There's digital karaoke. Digital karaoke is bullshit. I've never actually done karaoke. It's like having digital sex. It doesn't count. I mean, no I, comment. I, <laughs> I feel like there's a lot more related to digital karaoke that you, I mean, you, you get what I'm saying. It, it's a closer to the real experience than digital sex would be, right? You're still singing in front of strangers. I don't, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Digital yeah, sex has gotten pretty bit. good if you have the like VR hookup thing. I oh. was thinking huh. about Porn leading the way for technology every day. I mean, there ever was a since David v. David Life karaoke is short, talk ones, fast. April says. Yes. That is a really good show. Oh, Porn has you, been pushing Jan. technology for a long fucking time. <laughs> this is true. Since the days of, I gosh, like... even before photography, even uh, printing was used for porn. <laughs> a long fucking time indeed. <laughs> 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 ah, fine, I get it. I feel like those like sex dolls are getting 
more and more realistic and like is going to lead the way for us having like Gleisner robots. I have a 75% confidence that the first like truly sentient humanoid robot will be a sex bot. Probably. Wow. You think? I think. So I, someone can have a more emotionally fulfilling experience with their sex bot? Yeah. Don't huh. get me wrong. Like there'll be, there might be, uh, there, was sentient ro- there might be sentient, uh, in, there will probably be sentient intelligences <laughs> outside of sex bots first. But I think the first time someone, someone shoves one into a human looking body, yeah. will be for a sex thing yeah yeah april i find your comment interesting i feel like digital sex gets the most meaningful parts of it across from me <laughs> question mark someone just uploaded <laughs> a, a picture of steven that's been photoshopped with him holding mjolnir oh yes <laughs> Woo, see this is the fun part about posting photos yes. <laughs> sorry sorry, you're sorry my, i did not mean to interrupt you charlie i just had to laugh oh that's that's awesome. Best ever. We love it. Thank Steven, you. I think uh, the Chinese are getting ahead of your idea. Sassy bot, huh? Oh, that's amazing. In China, a sassy bot is stealing millions of men's hearts. It's also recording their most intimate desires and emotions. Dope. I want to read the article. That sounds super is interesting. It, is it financially Evil dominating girl. them as well? Because I highly suspect it will. <laughs> <laughs> There's a kind of Hello, Rick and Morty. Velcro. There's a Rick and Morty style show called uh, Solar Opposites. Mm, they yeah. just had its second season come out on Hulu, and I think in the first season they make a digital, like they make a robot wife thing, so that they can have a man cave. And part of having a man cave is having a wife that hates you having a man cave. <laughs> and they realized that was an important part of it. So they made the they made the wife. Yeah. And then the one that's voiced by um, Dan Harmon. Dan Harmon, uh, like really gets off on it, like demeaning him like like mm. putting him down mm-hmm. and the other one really likes like the the safe mommy aspect of it it's really funny cool man um robo femdom i remember that johnny you're the best going back to... i wish i was i my, my only downside is that I, I was not the least bit articulate during that explanation and i've thought about that most recently like in the last week so i was like god i wish i'd done a better job because i remembered the the force theme there i sort of think it's much funnier like i i haven't heard this but i'm just imagining like I haven't heard it either. Johnny, if you have it, will you post the link? Leighton, which one are you? The uh, Stephen explaining. Base theorem. Yes, thank with you. With the force theme from, from Star Wars. Yeah. You're on the right. Cool. <laughs> cool. For the record, I think I am more, I think I am capable of explaining it more articulately if I. Oh. Where are you in that photo? Yeah, Leighton, where are you guys? Uh, it says me on right. Oh, oh, you mean what location? Yeah, I mean in yeah, the background. Possibly like a... Grand Canyon-y? There's that really sweet That pole Devil's says Peak. something. Oh, Devil's Peak. There we go. Wait, so I don't know. What, there's got to be more than one Devil's Peak in there the world. There definitely Peak is. Down, huh? Okay. Cool. Not just my boobies when they're cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every culture has their own dark forest or black forest. Well, good. April said that it's really funny for me totally bungling it, which, yes, I, as long as it's funny, then that is the most important part. So Cool. Devil's Peak logger. Oh, so could have been anywhere. The force of... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I may be able to just get it to play in this uh, thing. Uh, it wouldn't pick up on the record. Oh, it might pick up on the recording. I, I think I might be able to get it to. Oh no, it won't let me. Oh, th- no, I'm actually kind of relieved. I don't want to hear my voice. <laughs> Tragic. Tragic. Everyone else can just go separately listen to that link. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, it's a cat and a person. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we love fuzzy kitties. Oh my god, what a cute cat. It's fun seeing the community. This is I'm was this your idea, Jace, to get people to start sharing the pictures or was it I'll Charlie? For it, right? I think it was Charlie. <laughs> well, thank you. Nah, yeah. I'll, this I'll is, let Charlie this is fun it. seeing people. 
someone it, it is really nice i feel more connected just seeing your faces it's very helpful I don't remember who, but someone said earlier that uh, we should do these sorts of live episodes more than once every two years. <laughs> I don't think it's been two years. It's been like a year and a half, right? I don't right? think that's what they said. But... It's been a long time. We should do more often. Yeah. I mean, I like them, but I also feel like the... We don't want to like burn out on them either. Right. The the regular core of the thing is the episodes. And if we just did this all the time, people would get bored real quick. Patreon exclusive. Oh. Should we have a, a Patreon exclusive live episode every six months or something? I was thinking you know one or two but that would be was, way too was, much for i me. was just amazed that you weren't like thinking well first how can i monetize this <laughs> see i'm really bad at business stuff i don't know about brand management i don't know about monetizing things well so this is like this is different than usual content this won't be as much fun to listen to as it was to participate in so yeah i don't i wouldn't want to you know torture the average listener with this once every five episodes or something right right yeah this seems like the kind of thing it's really fun to participate in but like listening to this would be like people just saying random things so for the 95 percent of our listeners that are listening to this after it's been recorded you're welcome <laughs> oh hey. don't put yourself down <laughs> man i was looking at um there's a reddit called Dude, you're just channeling samwise right now in yeah that photo there's a big oh, samwise yeah. vibe yep there's a, okay, there's this Reddit that was, I think it's called like Everyday Nudes or something like that. I'm going to view Samwise in Amazing Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, there was a, a what? Canon. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's a, yeah, there's this Reddit called, I think it's Everyday Nudes, where people were encouraged to just like post casual pictures of themselves nude to encourage body positivity and show what. Oh, that sounds terrible. Even hot people don't look good nude if they aren't posing. Well, that, that's kind of the idea. That was trying to normalize what like actual human bodies look like. <laughs> we, have a, we have a 10 minute argument about that Yash, on the next uh, Worth a Candle episode. But, like, <laughs> I, was, I was looking at this and like, there's so many people were posting pictures and, and posting them with these like, haha, here's my flabby ass self. Or like, uh, sorry to like make you have to look at that. And I was just like, oh, guys, yeah. you're all valid humans. With those pictures that were posted earlier of the three of us, I was like, oh, man, I really <laughs> wish I had some kind of makeup person come through beforehand. I did like see that picture and go, oh, man, I wish I had like sat up straight and yeah. not like grinned like a gremlin. But you know what? That's me. Oh, that that is not how you spell that sort of segue, I think. Right. I don't know how to spell it. But I thought they intentionally misspelled it for the uh, for the oh segu yeah and that makes sense but yeah the, this and we are going to keep it uh, that way Stephen you're not allowed to say that word for the rest of this episode very well okay we have I, to have least I did say segu does that count no it does not um, so uh, speaking Inuyasha mentioned or someone mentioned when the first picture came out that your hair looked like a Victorian wig that was dyed brown yeah, yeah. in person <laughs> it looks more like Keanu Reeves from like the nineties like point break style cool yeah ah, if only the rest of me looked like piano reeves and point break do you look like Keanu Reeves. Yeah. i mean like I, i've heard multiple people say that uh, that's uh, true my, i mean like i guess if you squint and tilt your head or something but it's not like my know. ex couldn't remember your name and used to refer to you as that keanu reeves looking motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> nice i always like when when a description of me ends with motherfucker <laughs> i always read this in portuguese what does that sound like yeah. Unfortunately, no one in this room does Portuguese. Steve, Do I talk about Avengers too much, guys? No, no. You don't so talk about Avengers my, enough. My, my constantly mentioning it is more of like a self-aware meme at this point. Like, <laughs> I uh, 
I, I, de I deliberately make it part of like my online character. It's like um, how every single video has to have super easy, barely an inconvenience, or people start posting angry comments. Right. Yeah. Mm, it's not the same as Spanish at all. The way is silent. Is silente. <laughs> <laughs> what are we gonna do like twenty years from now when Marvel stops making movies? I guess that's never gonna happen, is it? Probably not. But also find wow. the next thing to look at, right? So that's that just occurred to me. We'll probably have Marvel movies for the rest of time now. I mean, if they put if they keep putting out this quality, like the TV shows blew me away. So because like they just they started with superhero comics way back, I guess in the forties is when they started getting big, and they just haven't stopped since then, and. Now that has infected movies. In fact, it's the wrong word because it makes it sound bad. But now that has also expanded, blessed the movie. Expanded onto the screen. Yeah. yeah. Johnny mentioned cowboy movies. I think it would be really cool if somebody like managed to oh. reboot cowboy movies. They did with The Mandalorian. Yeah, oh. that's a good point. Yeah. I want more space westerns, actually. I love space westerns. Space westerns. This is oh, my way. God. Everyone, everyone just had a collective sigh in their hearts <laughs> for Firefly Season Firefly. 2. Firefly and... Uh, Wow, I can't remember the name of it. The anime Cowboy Bebop. Mm, yeah, but Cowboy Bebop finished their run. Yeah, yeah, it was good. <laughs> Johnny Mandalorian very much takes place in the Western Hemisphere of space. <laughs> <laughs> can't argue with that. <laughs> ah, well, I think we're running out of steam. Yeah, I think we should wrap it up. We're closing in on three hours here. Yeah. This was a lot of fun, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. And now it's like more personal. Yeah, this was great. Thanks, everybody. Rather than just saying thanks, everybody, into the void, it's talking to actual people. Right. Who, who so now, you can actually say it this time. Many of whom's faces I know. Yeah. So, yeah. Thanks for considering this nice garden of rationality. Aw, thanks, Aww. man. Thank Yay. you for helping be in it and turn the soil or whatever the correct metaphor is. We literally could not have done this without you. Always a pleasure. <laughs> or we could have, but it would have been much more much sadder johnny says this is apparently my ideal comedic format typing while people are podcasting he can do like the um mystery science theater 3000 of podcasts hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great picture gad that is wonderful hair as well yeah. he looked very shocked you, or something that is anime hair yeah yeah cool <laughs> well it was nice to meet you all yeah everybody's saying thank you and bye and thank you and bye to everybody and I guess that's it. Yeah, this is great. Cool. Um, we'll be back to our. <laughs> we'll be back to our regularly scheduled content in two weeks. All right. Well, two weeks and three days, I guess, since we normally release on Wednesdays. Oh yeah. But for the people who are not listening to this live, in two weeks, if they made it to the end of the episode, that's true. Yeah. All right. Oh my God. Thanks again, everybody. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Aloha, ahui ho, kako.